Karodi is two minutes late. Doc is pay. Welcome back to the Minimal Breakdown podcast, where we break down nothing, don't tell you anything, and uh, here on your own, Guardians. There you go. All of those things. Oh, goodness. No, I was just telling him I'm still recovering from my Californian escapades, and I'm not firing on all cylinders today. Also, it would seem I have a sniffly nose. So that's always good. When you're on stream with a, not stream, when you're recording a podcast and you got a sniffly nose. Mm-hmm. And we get to hear sniffles every three seconds. I, I put up your sniffles every three seconds one week so that you don't have sniffles every three seconds. You have mm-hmm. laughing to the point that you cough or you cough before you speak or you click away as you're talking. So I have many bugs uh-huh. that I just ignore now. Well, I do I've never had that. anybody actually complain <clears throat> if you leave some things in. Like that. You do that <clears throat> yeah. before you start well, speaking. It's early in the morning. I woke up. My throat is dry. No, do you it. do that every week. Yeah. So I deal with it every week. What I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is I deal with you every week. <laughs> Even when I'm not here, I have to deal with the edit of you coughing oh. and spluttering and sneezing and... <clears throat> So what we're saying is we need a known issues list for respawn in addition to the game. Right? Yes, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, I already know the issues. I just we're, have to deal with the issues when editing. Where there's just never a patch fix for it. Just never, no. never a hot fix. I'm sure there is a a program that you can get to. I've seen various different YouTube's on. You know, oh, you, you can edit out all the all the ums and the ahs and. How much is it? I'll buy it for you. I can't be bothered. Oh, come on. It, it doesn't fool Otherwise, you. Otherwise, it gives me nothing to complain about. Uh-huh. I give you nothing to complain about at all whatsoever. Your life's you just empty of complaints up until, you know, up until the podcast. He's a fibber. It's a beautiful He's life. He's a fibber. I think as the years go by, as you get older you get more and more cantankerous and you moan a lot more. Ooh, there's a the $10 point. word from a Titan. Hello. Say it again. Absolutely. You you moan at the, the slightest little thing. No, 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 and... no, no, no. Say the other word. Cantankerous. Cantankerous. Ooh. <laughs> Sends chills down my spine. Do it again. <laughs> anyway. It sounds like you're trying to save me for something I can't control. No, I'm saying, you know, let's be controversial. And rather than spend half an hour just talking rubbish, let's yeah. just start the show so that you can talk the rubbish and I can just edit it out as we go. No. How about that? No. Have you got all the swearing out of the way? No. Have you got all your notes prepared? No. Have you got the stream up and running? Yes. Good. At least one thing. (laughs) We've got one thing going. Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. A show where we discuss tips, tricks, and tools to help all Guardians succeed and enjoy playing more. What makes us different? Well, for starters, we're not streamers or YouTubers. We just have a passion for Destiny and are dedicated to keeping Guardians informed and up to date with all the latest Destiny 2 info, news, and opinions. We encourage your questions and feedback. 
can contact us either by email at two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com or on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. Now, on with the show. So, welcome to the show. I am back. Uh, as Hi we've back. established before we started the show about five minutes ago, because we're going to actually start this pretty much now rather than ramble for half an hour. Respawn is tired because he's just come back from California. I've no idea about parody because he's only just joined us and we're just going to go straight into this. Straight into this. Yay. And I'm Night Demon. Hi, Demon. How you doing? You know, we've we've tra- traded one Brit for the other Brit. Yes. We never traded Brits. One of them just comes in periodically when we don't have the Demon. I mean, let's be honest with each other. Nobody can really replace Demon. You know what I mean? No. People, people have tried. Not even how they because I've been away for a week, there was a few things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Oh. Now, last week, Respawn, you asked a question, which right. really made me giggle, because I knew that I'd put the answer in the Respawn's report roundup. And I thought, I know. he'll twig when he gets to the Respawn report roundup. No. That he's actually answered his own question. And he, you didn't. You completely just kind of breezed over it. Mm-hmm. And the question you had was, can you stack an ornament on top of an ornament that you currently own? So... If you'd unlocked ornaments for New Monarchy, Dead Orbit, uh, Future Walcott from etc. Doing... etc. etc. Et 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 if you unlock that armor as part of the armor synthesis, would you then be able to slot the ornament on top of that? And no, you can't do that. And the same with the glows, I, I believe, for the Solstice. I did pick up on that, by the way. I just didn't feel like going over the conversation again. You didn't, you didn't as... go, oh, hang on a minute. I asked that question earlier. Because it was answered, we didn't need to readdress the issue. Asked yeah, and I, answered. Yes, but I don't need to be. May not have followed what you time. two were talking about because we got a song from Parody, stacks on stacks again, oh, bits on we? bits, stacks on stacks. Nobody follows what we're talking about. Most of all, us. Yeah. <laughs> what are we even doing? Oh, podcast. That's right. That thing. And, and these Guardian games. Yep. I'm sorry. Both years, these have been completely rigged. Oh, now it's rigged against what? The Titans? I'm just saying they're completely rigged. Both of them. Both years are completely rigged. Uh, I, I call last year as null and void. We shouldn't have won that because right. it was completely weighted against you guys. Oh, yeah. This year, they've taken the weights off, knowing full well that the Hunters would just completely outclass everybody. But which... that's why they gave you the catch-up mechanic. But the catch-up mechanic doesn't make sense when two other teams are fighting to get that catch-up mechanic against somebody that's already three times better than them. It just makes no sense. Well, because... then they shouldn't have made a Guardian games about who likes who no. the most. That's no, the most they popular shouldn't. class that's going to win. No, they shouldn't. I said that last year. Instead, they should bring back... Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? I forgot the name. Crimson Days? <laughs> <laughs> no. We miss Crimson Days. Uh, I love no. Crimson Days. No, rallies. not Crimson Days. No, I like Action the whole uh, Faction Rallies, yeah. Faction Rallies, so, so he can worry about his renown. Yeah. He just wants, wants to worry about losing his renown, that's all. Yeah, the renown... Losing renown is way better than collecting freaking laurels, in my opinion. Triangles. Yeah. They're just... They're, they're, they're just moats. They're not triangles. They're just moats. They're moats the Drifter had left over that he painted different colors. That's all they are. Pretty much. They were in a warehouse, and they were like, uh, can I use these? Sure. We'll just paint them different colors and call them laurels now. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what they are, right? 
I do get the idea of giving the bottom team a buff of trying to get them back up on top. Sure. But, but when you is. look at it as a whole picture and you think, oh, yeah, that would work. But then if you look at it on a daily perspective of if three times the amount of hunters are going to show up each day and still do all their laurels. And ah, their see, that is the if, though, isn't it? But even, even if they don't, you get two times the amount of hunters turn up they're still going to outclass the other two that are still vying for second and third position. Right. And the second and third position are only going to be in second and third position, apart from the Warlocks who dropped down so much because the Titans were just kind, kind of consistent, which is what we thought was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Titans were consistent for the second, which always put the Warlocks down, which why the Warlocks suddenly rose up. And then we've been brought down because of the, the percentage, but there's no way that the other two teams. You say you've been brought down. Win. You're right behind the hunters. I, I'm, I'm thinking probably by the end of the day, you'll probably be ahead of the hunters. We might get one or two wins out of the whole Guardian games, but mm -hmm. there's no way in the full scope of it, because there's so many hunters playing each day and the amount of wins that they've already racked up. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't why don't you tell the people a couple of things? Number one, how much longer do they have left for the games uh, to compete? And number two, right, how does the catch-up mechanic work again, Demon? You lose, you get 10% buff on top of a 10% buff if you lose consistently. How long and does that buff last? It lasts forever. But forever. the thing is, to look at these games as just a bit of fun and mm -hmm. get extra loot, which is sure. what we kind of look at it as. Yep. I think... At some point, Bungie's got to do either what you said and do people pledging their whole account to a faction rather sure. than, you know, doing these. Even then, it might not work out because if everybody pledges to Dead Orbit, then like usual. again, they're going to have that waiting problem. I don't think in the long run things like this are going to work out unless... They didn't have a flag system in the tower, so people couldn't see who was higher or lower than anybody else. And at the end of the day or at the end of the week, they balanced out the totals behind the scenes and went, OK, so this amount of hunters showed up on day one. So we'll balance that out. So regardless of what they had, you know, these these other two teams were kind of fairly close behind. If you see what I mean, I think the flag system sure. it doesn't work. I agree. You know, and, and faction it, rallies. Go ahead. At the same time, if you if you remember the faction rally, right? The the way that they balance the faction rally is each time there was a faction rally, there was also a weapon at stake. And whatever faction won, you'd get either that weapon, an ornament for that weapon, or like a uh, what was it? Like a like a catalyst or something like catalyst. that. Catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that's how they would, you know, sway one way or the other who got what. Because there were a couple times Dead Orbit actually did not win because the reward <clears throat> was better uh, for um, uh, what is it, Future War Cult? They're the ones that usually won if it wasn't Dead Orbit, right? So yeah, I mean, because they usually had the better weapons. They they had that one scout rifle and that one pulse rifle that were just really, really good and everybody wanted it, right? So that's how they balance that out is by adding additional loot and or gear to it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I was going to say is it, it's not so much which faction do you like more? It's which faction has the best loot at the moment. Exactly. What can I, you know, what is worth my time? And, it's, and like you could do when they brought the rallies out last time, 
you could do one rally, you know, like one faction per rally, get all three rewards, and then it didn't really matter. So it was more just like, what order do we want to do these in? Or, you know, what what YouTubers saying, hey guys, let's do this one first, and then this one, and then this one, and then we can get all three of them. Right. So. Or what might work out better for Guardian Games next year is rather than split the classes, is have every account that actually logs in daily, maybe, have them auto-assigned to a different color. So what? that no, no, so that oh. every day, whichever accounts log on, there's a fair amount of usage of the three different colors rather than that's not the point of the Guardian games though. That's that's just RNG at that point. You know, the point of the Guardian game is by Bungie's own admission is to find out what class is the best, what class people love the most. If you're randomly assigning a, 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 a class representative... It, no, that doesn't make any sense. That's we like saying, hey, know. we're going to go to the Olympics and we're going to randomly choose what country you represent. That's we not all how know that works. The hunters are the most popular. Then don't have a competition that says who's the most popular. That's how you get rid of that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Rather than have a competition that says, oh, okay, we know that this class is more popular, just have a Guardian Games where people participate against other people. Just And then that way, when you're playing, in, it could actually be implemented into Crucible, because if you go into Crucible, you're represented yeah. in, in Crucible. It's just, it works out better than you log on that day and you're automatically assigned a color or that week if i log in and i'm automatically assigned a color that has to do with anything that's not a hunter i'm logging out (laughs) sorry but that's not no no you're not adding that element of rng of whom i represent that day i represent me okay i represent hunters and if i log in and neither one of those things are true because it makes it fair for the amount of people that then actually log in no it makes it fair because if the game mode is to determine who likes what class the most, then the class that has the numbers behind it is always going to win. Don't have a game mode that cares about numbers whatsoever. That sounded better in my head before it came out. but mm-hmm. That's what Demon was just describing. But no, he's trying to say when you log in, you're assigned a random... Color right. a random character, a random right. representative. You're, you're, that's, you're, that's not representing anything except the dice roll. There are three teams. You're assigned to a team. You then play for your team. That's all it for is. For that it's week, not... for that day, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It I guess, be, it, or maybe even, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be for that day, and then whoever wins on that day, because yeah. in that yeah. way, it would kind of be even each day of how many people have logged in and how many people have played. I don't like it. I mean. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like that at all. I, nothing about that screams that's a good idea. Because what if you've logged in and every day you just happen to have been, been assigned red, right? But blue ends up winning. Well, that's not fair. I didn't get to pick blue. You know, they gave me red. But you had no way to know. You've picked up the, the, the bounty from Eva and she's gone, you are automatically assigned to this color for this day see if you can do x amount of things to progress your your color if you win come back at the end of the day and um claim your prize that that's as simple as it is but you get what i mean that if you actually physically go to the tower pick up the quest for that day and participate in activities for that day at least bungie then one they know that you're an active account that and you're playing for that day 
they can then even out the teams for the day so that it's not just weighted against the most popular because if people had a choice they would all pick a certain color like blue like with the hunters and i'm saying that last year wasn't fair for the hunters because they were they were weighted too much then they got deflated and they didn't want to play and but you knew that the titans would be consistently in the middle for this guardian games because they weren't going to be as low as the warlocks because we've got greater numbers than them but there's no way we're going to outclass the hunters until we kind of drop down below the warlocks who kind of got their buff you could see how this was going to play out so i think both years aren't fair especially for the warlocks because god forbid that we have another one next year and they'll go well the first year the hunters were weighted too much last year the buffs didn't work so much so this year we're going to buff and nerf and then that way the warlocks win and then we'll have three wins three separate winners for three years and then hopefully they just get it over and done with and that's it it's it just none of it matters like at all not even a little bit like i'm just i'm so uninterested by the back and forth and discussion of at this point it's like who cares it'll be over in a week and and really there's no nothing matters yeah there's a tiny little trophy that says by zavala that no one ever looks at it's not like you're getting or losing anything from it no Uh, you know like you said it's a it's a spot to get loot and uh you know machine gun that gives you a a shield and a a catalyst that's all it is and I, I do like the fact that you participate in it each week and then you can go back to the tower and claim another powerful reward at the, the ceremony on the on the Friday, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's it's an easy, it's a powerful reward they just hand you. I'm not sure about that glow, that crown that glows around your head. I went and did a couple of Platinum Nightfalls last week and I've done one this week. And I visited the tower last week and literally the next day, the glow had gone. I was like, okay, what was the point of that? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of had the same thing. It's like I have this glow for a minute and then it's gone. I don't think I even noticed it like after I left the tower. So, yeah, not, no, I don't think it, it's not yeah, out I was of hoping, the tower as far as I was aware. Yeah, I was hoping it would be sort of cool like the, uh, you know, D1 nightfall with the blue, glo- with the blue glow above your head you got to keep for the week until reset. But it's like, uh-huh. no, you get this glow for a moment and, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm tired of talking with the Guardian games and listening to people talk about it. Yeah, it, and you just know for the whole next year, it's just going to be the hunters throwing it up in our face. It doesn't matter. I would ignore that too, just like I ignored the fact that we won last year because it, yeah. it, who cares? It, it, you it get made nothing no out sense. Of it. it made no sense, and yet y'all bragged about it for. Well, not y'all. I'm sorry, parody. You didn't say. <laughs> Demon, on the other hand, wouldn't shut up about it. Every chance you got, ah, oh, we so good, we beat you. Uh-huh. No, I didn't. Yeah. You absolutely did. You lying son of a biscuit. When when did I brag? Uh, all the time, up to and including a few days before <laughs> this Guardian Games began. No, I just rem- remarked. Uh, it the as giggle the in your lap betrays you, friend. Did I say the giggle remi- in your lap? The giggle in your speech betrays you. <laughs> No, I just remarked it as the Titan Games before Uh, uh, we started. uh uh Because up until then it was, and now it's the the Warlock and the Hunter Games. Most most of the Hunter Games, it's the Hunter Games featuring Warlocks. 
Hey, like I said, you guys are right behind us. You might have the same number of wins as the Warlocks do. No, it doesn't matter. It's more like the Hunger Games, really. Everybody seems to rally behind whoever they like. <laughs> Please, I'm not even going to ask that question. You know what? I'm going to ask it. Uh, whoever's listening to the chat or listening to the Nobody's show, please the show. respond. Please respond, and I want to find out what district you think each class is: hunters, titans, warlocks. Which one is the districts? Ooh, Sparrow Racing League is another thing. That's not classes. That's not anything. That's just who's the better racer. They could also bring that back instead of Guardian Games. So, I mean, they, they have options. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, let us know what district you think each class is. <laughs> I would say I would say Titans are probably thirteen because uh, Titans always are favored by Bungie, aka the Capital. Right? You guys get all the buffs, you get all the cool stuff. Right? Capital takes What's care of the their district Titans. that had the the secret base in the hill. Oh, that is, is that 13? thirteen. My bad. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No, that's us. Uh, not that's us. The, that's the Titans. We've built a no. secret arsenal that we're just keeping secret in the hill. No, that's no, it. because the Capital City destroyed. District yes, 13. But, but we every, survived. But Bungie is the capital city, and Bungie always takes care of you like the other districts. What the hell no. is it? District? Oh, it's the lower ones, right? Like 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 one, two, and three, or four, five, and six. It goes Whatever up to district. Yeah, that but the was lower from district one, twelve, wasn't she? Yeah, but the lower ones are the ones. So that the hunters are district twelve. Probably. Your Katniss. Your Katniss in this situation. Katniss, that's a scary Kat- Katniss in this whole <laughs> scenario. You're Katniss in this scenario. Goodness gracious! Although we do, I do like bows a lot, actually. So exactly, yeah. see, hunters and their bows. Hunters and their bows. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Both not going to argue with that. But I'm just I, saying, actually, like, I've stumbled uh, across something here. The, the, you know, the comparisons here are kind of very similar. Okay. Yeah. Hunters and their bows, and they're jumping uh-huh. about. Uh huh. And doesn't. Peter, he disappears. He has that kind of camouflage thing. Ah, see, there you go. Hunters, District 12. It's a kind of camouflage thing. Nice. Yeah, okay. well, he, that makeup that he. he I know on what himself. you're talking about. Well, there you go. But other people might not know. So check yeah. out The Hunger Games. Now streaming on Amazon Prime. Read the book, though. The movies are kind of. No, no, read the books. <laughs> Or Netflix. I don't know where that's streaming in your region at this point in time. It's actually just come off of Amazon Prime in this region. Speaking of streaming, right, Mr. I have access to HBO in a country that doesn't have HBO, right? And? So, uh how did you like the the Mortal Kombat movie? See, this is where you're getting distracted. You're getting distracted from doing the podcast and now asking questions about (laughs) films. And you know I'm going to answer because you know I like films. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what no that's not what intention no no i love i love me a bit of mortal combat I, I love the 1995 film I, I remember going to the cinema to see that that was the that original was one yeah yeah so how do you think this stacks against the original? It was a very long teaser trailer for what could be. <laughs> I agree. I that 100% was. agree. Um, I do like teaser trailers. And yes, true, it, was, yes. It, was, it was very well done. Yeah, I think so too. People kept talking about how it's got more action in this one than the other ones did. I'm like, bro, did you forget about the fight with Sub-Zero? 
scorpion freaking uh, uh, uh the lizard guy what's his name reptile there was mm -hmm. a lot of action in the first movie you know even though reptile yeah. was reptile in the first one yeah i don't remember yeah, reptile um, was in the first, one. but he was he was literally a, a CGI reptile, very much similar yeah. to the one that was in this one. But yeah, but there was a lot of action in the first movie, and then it kind of went downhill from there. I get, but the first one was not bad at all. No, the, I the first I, one was good. I, I yeah. dug it. Yeah, you know. Anyway, uh, so uh, back to uh, Guardian Games and Katniss Everdeen. Um, no, wait, we passed that. What are we talking about? I don't even know anymore. Sparrow We're talking about week? next week in Destiny, aren't we, Parody? Because we skipped all go. of that. Are you talking about anything related to Destiny? Have we talked about this week in Destiny? We are now. I'm just letting no, you we, guys talk oh, about yeah. films and, and Hunger Games. Yeah. Are you not hungry? I'm starving. So next week in Destiny, it is the last week of Season of the Chosen. So yes, Ooh. there you go, Hazel. Last week of you sighing that we've had so many weeks in the season. It's the final week of the Guardian Games. The closing ceremony begins on Friday, the 7th of May. Uh-oh. How are we in May? I'd, I'd, I'd like to file a complaint. Uh, because yesterday was the last day of April. It was indeed. I don't understand. I do. And for Blue Screen 42 out there, you can enjoy a boosted infamy week long. All right, all right, all right. Ooh, blue screen's favorite game mode, doodah, doodah. They do make sure that you, they want to make sure that you are aware to collect any unclaimed seasonal ranks, and that's going into your triumphs and clicking all the buttons. If you've got a seal, make sure that you go into that and equip the seal to make sure that it's kind of working. Make sure that you dismantle all your shaders. If you are bounty hoarding, make sure that you've kind of got the ones that are relevant for that and not the ones that are going to disappear at the end of the season. So, yeah. Is the rumor true that uh, if you don't claim your exotics this year that uh, or this season, that when you try to claim it next season, like what we've been doing historically, you, they're not going to be there for you? Or they're like, they're, someone's weird with them. They're, they're encouraging you to get your exotics now. And I don't remember the reason why. Do you explain explain what you mean? Because I have yeah. no idea. So on the season pass, you exotics, the the exotic Ingrams, right? And uh, between seasons, people have not been spending those, myself included, because they've been used to get exotics uh, from the next season. Now, uh, no, you can't get exotics from the new season from those ones. They will only drop it. you existing ones that are in your loot pool. So you could, if you've unlocked one of those from the Lost Sector this season, pull out one of those exotic engrams from your track and have a potential chance at getting another version of one of those new exotics, but it won't give you a new exotic next season when we jump into the new season. They stopped all of that. So that's what it was. All right, just checking. So as Respawn noted there, don't forget your season pass. If you still have unclaimed items from... Not this season, but the previous season, you can go on the Bungie.net site and click on Seasons. And if you have anything on your past track, it will tell you that this is available. Go on there and claim those items because you may have some glimmer. You may have exotics. You may have some engrams just lying there waiting. Maybe even some armor pieces that you can kind of just claim and shard and get some bits for. So go and check that this week before the, the season's up. because. Anything that you've left on this season's pass, again, you can claim next season by going to the Bungie.net account, logging on, going to seasons, and then 
clicking on the drop down box and you then if you're kind of leveling up your characters and you say you need some boots and you've got a pair of old boots sitting on the previous track you can pull those out and they are kind of light level equivalent so you can kind of boost yourself up if those are the things that you need to kind of get up so things like that help in the next season we don't have to boost quite so many light levels up which i'm very excited about right i'm I'm happy not to sit right back into the big giant light level grind oh man yeah i hear you so tell us how many light levels are we going up parody 10 10 is it don't have to do the whole 25 nonsense grind all year and then by the end of the season you're finally where you need to be you can grind like you know a week or two and then you're where you need to be and then can go actually play the content because like i just now like today more or less hit 1325 so i could theoretically do a grandmaster nightfall you know here as we are 10 days before the end of the season <laughs> i still haven't hit 25 i don't i don't think i have you must have. You've been playing a lot of raids and things. You must have hit the 25. I actually haven't done a lot of raids this season. This week I actually hit 20 plus light on my artifact. So I was quite happy about that. But yeah, it's, it's taken this amount of time to get there. And I uh, have played less. I've been able to play th- less this season than I have any other season so far anyway. 1324. <laughs> So we we had a hot fix this week, didn't we, Parody? Would you like to tell us what they fixed? Don't do it, Parody. It's a trap. We, did. we, we had it, it was the tiniest, babiest of hot fixes. Uh, in the tower, they fixed an occasional crash that would result in the Calabrese error. They fixed an issue in the Titan Contender Ever First Armor set that would make the Titan arms invisible in first person, which is very disappointing to me. Fixed an issue where the Warlock RD game armor would lose its glow when, when some shader items are socketed. And they fixed an issue where the daily, Gar- the daily Guardian Games bounties could not be repurchased on subsequent days after being completed. So, you know, they, they nerfed or boosted or something because you couldn't rebuy your your something. bounties again. So, yeah, basically a handful of small, other than, I guess, the Calabrese error crashing the game when you're in the tower, a small smattering of Guardian Games fixes. Now, do we think that Calabrese error is tied to the 12-man... Nightfalls that they're still able to do because there's still some kind of glitch, isn't there, where you load mm. into the tower and then you're thrown into a nightfall. Maybe that's something to do with that. Yeah, maybe maybe it's related to that. Yeah, kicking you from one to the other. Yeah, that's a, yeah I hadn't really thought about it because I I looked at the I looked at the hotfix and I was like, okay, nothing nothing that I've seen or even really heard about. So I guess hey, I'll take whatever fixes we can get. Yeah, you're probably right though. That would make sense. So should we get into this week at Bungie? For the 29th of April. Yeah. We should. They put it out, so we might as well read it. Well, that's kind of what we do now. Well, sort of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Theoretically. And they're still not revealing what next season's name is, even though we kind of touched on it last week and previously the week before on two names that have kind of been leaked. And apparently now the items that were found in one of the data files that Respawn went over in his Respawn's report roundup last week have now been X'd out with the name. So either the name of the splices was the right one and they've kind of done an oopsie and just put X's in instead, or it isn't that and they were just trolling us. 
But again, they're still not revealing it this close to next season. Normally, two weeks out, we know the name of the next season. But then maybe that has implications on story and the way that the law is going to go and things like that. So they don't want to kind of reveal it too far ahead because otherwise you'll give, you know, not half a, a brain aneurysm looking up law for certain different things on that certain item. What about this? 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 Not Let's face it off! He's not going to be here next week. As soon as he finds out the name of that thing, he's going to be nose deep in all his books trying to have a look at what little tidbits he can find. Um, so, yeah, we've got double Nightfall rewards this week. So by the time you hear this, you may have like a couple of hours to finish that up. And we've, as we've said, next week, you've got double infamy for helping anybody finish up that in it for infamy challenge. Lock and load, quick draw. Let's find out what's coming to kill you this time. I think I've only got two ranks on that so far. I'm just, I'm struggling with my gambit. I know. Tisk tisk. You struggling on gambit? There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Can't and if it. you complete so many of the seasonal challenges for Season of the Chosen, you have a chance to get the Thrill of the Chase emblem which Respawn doesn't like the look of um, as you complete the Master of All Triumph. And you singled me out. Are you trying to tell me that you do like it? No, no, you just... When we went over it a couple of weeks ago, you yeah, said, I, I, I detest I that. I, would I, I do. I eat disgusting. a baby than have that, you said. Too fatty. Not that I would know. Or anything. No, you, you, I'm sure you said eating babies. Nah. Nobody eats babies. Who does that? Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> now that things have been made awkward by Demon instead of me for once. <laughs> Are you guys going to be set and ready to go? To no. go. Not at all. You to don't enjoy. lie to me. To go enjoy like my anniversary? Yes, yes, I am. When's that? Is that today? Uh, oh. No, it's it's. Uh, it's Des Destiny has given me an anniversary present. That you're not going to enjoy. Able, are you able to play on your anniversary? Uh, let's th <laughs> let's think this for a hot second. Let's let's put two and two together and see if we can get all the way to four. But it's not really a present <laughs> if you can't play said present. Well, well, Bungie should have gotten me a better present then. They they tried their best. Okay, they tried hard, but yeah, no. So yeah, so uh, and your anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So exactly three weeks from today is my wedding anniversary, and uh, Bungie has given us Vault of Glass again because no. it's coming back out of out of space, out of time, out of context. Uh, it's here. It will will be here, and it's going to be different, and there should be some curated challenges. And uh, are, are we excited? Do, do we do we care? 
It's a new raid. For anybody that doesn't understand, Vault of Glass is the first raid from Destiny 1. They're bringing it back for Destiny 2. So it's a new raid for Destiny 2 for next season. So that's good in its own right. There's going to be new loot to chase. There's new weapons, new armor. It's going to be interesting to see what the armor does look like because there were two iterations of it from Destiny. We had the initial Vault of Glass armor that you could collect. And then when the raid was reprised in year three there was a different set of armor that you could collect that had certain glows on it which were really really cool so it's it's going to be interesting to go with the set armor one from the initial release and go with the nostalgia or do they go with the reprised and have the glows or do they go with three and have something completely different that is still just awesome or bad yeah whoops i'm thinking completely different uh but correct me if i'm wrong which i will you always I will. uh you're wrong oh, sorry. no the vault of glass was the first raid in destiny one and that's a big deal because uh we didn't always have raids people that have come in especially people that have come in on destiny 2 think that raids are one of those always been there type of things and they weren't raids were not in destiny from day one right so you know it's it's i find that kind of nostalgic because i remember back in the day when you'd run out of stuff to do and then they came up with this thing called a a raid and everybody was thinking wow is it a raid like a like 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 on wow or whatever right and obviously it's not but you know we didn't know what to expect and then they came up with vault of glass and vault of glass was wildly popular and kind of buggy uh and you know after that raids became a thing and are now basically a staple of uh of destiny as a franchise right so mm -hmm. yeah raids weren't always there guys <laughs> there was a time in destiny where you just the pinnacle of pvp was what a nightfall right not P, not pvp pve was a nightfall if i'm not mistaken right they didn't have anything more difficult than a nightfall what they did it wasn't like it was like oh, we've made all this game and now people have run out of things to play. Let's just make this other thing up. It was all baked into the same thing. There was a release date, you know, a couple of months into it, or I think it was about a month into it, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we had Vault of Glass the first time. But it, it right. was kind of this, it was literally a secret thing that they, they said this, this raid is coming. And then suddenly this epic thing that you could kind of go and do was introduced into the Destiny universe. And then, as you said, we've had raids going forward and some have been extremely long and complicated with different mechanics and some of them have been raid-like and like strike-like short kind of raids. So, yeah. And honestly speaking, I, I know the YouTubers, what their opinions are, but I really like the new raid that we have. I really liked... Uh, Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. The one with the tanks, you could get in the tank and shoot the uh, the middle thing with the robot. The last one that we had. You guys are going to make me think, aren't you? Whatever, leave me hanging, I don't care. The point is, is they were both very short raids, and I really liked them a lot. You know, I don't think a raid has to be overly complicated. It just are you has talking to be... about the one on Europa? Yeah. The Deep? Deep Soul Crypt. There no. you go. Is it no. no, 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 no. The one where the final boss is the big giant robot guy. You have to like yeah, shoot the legs and arms in that one. Is that Scourge or is that... The past. Thank you, Parody. Thank you. Scourge of the Past. I 
Why are you saying thank you to parody? I said, was it the one on Europa? And you went, yes. So I then said deep for Deep Stone Crypt. And you went, yeah, that yeah. one. But no, see, no, no. he no, was no. wrong because it yeah. wasn't the one he was thinking of at all. So he lied to you. Yeah. He just, he just wanted to make you feel better. You baited me. You know my memory's faulty and you baited me. You mean. No, he's just trying. And you said, yeah, that's the one. Even yeah. though no part of that is on Europa and that predates Europa by quite a bit. Yeah, well, the two short raids, my point is, is the, the two short ra- raids were really short, and with a good team, you could complete the whole thing 20, 30 minutes, right? Wasn't long at all. But it was fun, you know, especially since one of them had a, a, a Sparrow Racing League built into it, you know? It's great. And uh, you have the really complicated ones like Vault of Glass and, and, and Garden of Salvation, and they're long and they're complicated, and there's others out there that are the same, right? But they don't have to be in order for them to be fun. Hell, they don't have to be in order for them to be difficult. They just, you know, there are many ways to do the different uh, but things. And I'm ranting and I'm tired. They, you're rambling. You're not ranting, you're rambling. That one. But saying things are being made difficult, that exactly what's going to happen with Vault of Glass. You think you're going to be able to stroll in there day one, D1 vets, and just, you know, wipe the floor <laughs> with it? No. Oh, no. No, no, you're not. They are going to have a world's first race again. And ever since like 2014, back then, no one realized or really knew what to expect from the new highly challenging cooperative activity. There was mystery and excitement in the air that set the stage for all future races to come. With this being the first raid to return from the Disney content vault, they asked themselves, how do we recapture, reimagine that moment? Their goal is not to fundamentally evolve this raid into something completely new. No. So this will be the first race outside of the previous hard modes, which you don't currently have in Destiny 2, where players have a broad understanding of what to expect while still encountering changes that they have to adapt to. So they're going to shake things up with a new type of world's first race. Vault of Glass will launch with contest mode which is basically your light is capped at 25 power below the encounters. So they say that the you'll need to be 1300 power to get in for all the encounters, but your power level will be capped. So, at... no, wait. You have to be 1300 power? Yes. 1300. 1300. Yeah, 1300. Which should so be... already be there. I'm very... Yes. Cons- Right, that's the kind of the point. There's, they're trying to say there's not like a six week grind. You have to go. You don't have to take a week off work and play for eight hours a day. Oh. You can, you can basically be raid ready by not doing a whole lot. Nice. Hmm. So you need to be thirteen hundred to be at the cap for all the encounters. So what they'll basically do is they'll raise each encounter. I think probably from the first encounter will probably be capped possibly at 1325 and then every encounter after that will probably raise up another five light until you get to the final boss or possibly all the bosses will be 1325 so that it just makes it that a little bit harder um by the way hey jonesy uh thanks for uh listening to the podcast and we appreciate the fact that you do we got a new listener that just started listening a couple months ago and just found the podcast on the stream so what up joan i i I-9-2. 
one day he'll figure out that the streamers mute themselves, you know, on one thing and then talk on the other audio channel, but we're not there yet. It's called out on the podcast because he's listening to the podcast. I did that intentionally, parody. So you've completely derailed what we're talking about. Uh -huh. No, we're on Vault of Glass. We don't have to grind. Vault of Glass, making it hard. There okay. you go. So clearing Vault of Glass with contest mode active is the first step to accessing the new challenge mode in the director. And this is going to be called Tempo's Edge. Oh. So, and there's a Tempo's Edge triumph. Completing Tempo's Edge, a curated list of triumphs, is the newly unlocked challenge mode will be how a fire team crosses the world's first finishing line and claims their prize. Oh. To enforce the triumphs requirements in challenge mode, your team will wipe if you fail to succeed in any of the conditions during the encounter. So there'll be a curated <laughs> list. Like, like orbit wipe? I guess so, yeah. That, that's what it's normally it happens. Wipe. Yeah, so uh, it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. Because Vault of Glass is so well known, they're saying, you know, you can go in and you can clear it, but then you're going to have to go in and clear it and do these certain requirements. So they haven't kind of underlined this. So it may be your team just wipes and you have to restart the encounter. Or as Hunter Master Rager has, has pointed out, it could be you wipe, you go to orbit, you then have to restart and go back in. And say you're on the second encounter, you then have to redo the first encounter with whatever challenge mode that is to then uh. get to the next one to then do. And if you wipe again, you go back to orbit and restart over and over. Maybe that's how they're kind of doing it. Possibly. We're kind of only guessing at this point. We are. That, so what that, prize, you ask? Are you uh, asking what prize that you might get, Respawn? Uh, the, for the world first? Mm -hmm. Is it not just another jacket? No. Oh, for the okay. world's first, as has always been, there is a world's first belt that they've made special for the occasion. Yeah, But they also wanted to respect the gardens who were the first to be victorious in the vault nearly seven years ago. These belts will have a silver aesthetic and have the clan name of the OG World First Team featured. What? Oh, that's cool. That's actually pretty cool. So you get your clan's name on there, and then you get the name of the very first team that ever beat Bungie's very first raid ever. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Look, just to get one of these belts would be amazing. I, I don't think it's anything that I can kind of ever aspire to, but it's a thing we can we can watch. We can cheer these people on that you know know these raids inside out and have been practicing since you know the very first day. Realistically, I'm hoping that the first team kind of get back together and they can kind of clear this, which would be nice for them. I think you know to claim it the first time and then this time around with the new challenge mode. It wasn't data, was it? No, I don't think Datto's actually ever won one. Huh. Okay. So Challenge Mode and the Tempo's Edge Triumph will only be available for the first 24 hours, and then that node will disappear. But the Encounter Challenges will become available again later in the season. So you, you will be able to have a chance to completing those Triumphs, because that's Triumph score, and we don't want to lose out on Triumph score, do we? Yeah. They will have a full array of raid rewards and bungee rewards associated with the Vault of Glass, as well as an emblem available for completing it. And they'll cover more details on those when we get closer to it. One quick thing to call out is that the opening area of the Vault of Glass is now a private space for you and your fire team. So don't expect any backup from Wandering Guardians. 
So what this basically means is in Destiny 1, because it was in a social space on Venus, uh -huh. you could literally be going into the raid and anybody that was on Venus at that time that kind of sparrowed or walked into that section, the opening section of the Vault of Glass, could kind of suddenly join you. And you could have like up to about 12 people opening the door to the, the raid, which was quite fun because it would always be quite fun to kind of just jump in and help a raid team trying to get into the, the vault of glass if you're in that area but it's going to be shut off there's you know there's no venus for us oh. to kind of fly to you can go to venus whichever way they're going to open this and it's just going to be shut off so you won't be able to abandon the mission and explore venus as tempting as that is they say this now let's face it jb3 froggy squirlock i'll figure it out cheese People will know how to kind of get out of this. I don't know why they're saying it. Don't underline it because this just makes people want to go and do it. Mm -hmm. Find a little gap and get out of the gap and explore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there is only one way forward, and that is into the vault. But then you can always go forward to come back, couldn't you, Froggy? You could. <laughs> right. So, in D1... <laughs> no, you, you probably didn't. I'm probably the only idiot that did this, but when I first started playing, I was solo. I didn't have anybody to play with, obviously, right? And I came no, I came across that and uh I heard about the raid and I went and helped a team that was going into the raid and couldn't figure out why I couldn't get in <laughs> with them. I thought if you just open the door you could go in. I didn't know that you had to like you know, get a fire team, join up in orbit, and all that other nonsense for us. So, there yeah. was a glitch that you could not necessarily join that team, but there was a glitch that if you sparrowed up to the door and you jumped off your sparrow, uh, if you were parked right up against the door and you jumped off your sparrow, you could actually glitch through the door and go in and explore the vault of glass. Yeah, you could, that could potentially still be there now. There, there are ways that people kind of jam their sparrow up against doors and kind of glitch through walls. So that may be something to look out for, that you could go in and just have a look. I do know that once you kind of got into the first area, uh, well, not the first area, you walked into the Vault of Glass, you went down the long passage, and there were a couple of enemies that you could shoot as you were kind of going, following the path down. But the first bit that you kind of come to where it kind of gets to a ledge and you can kind of look out onto this vast void of nothingness. It's kind of this Vex construction on the floor. There was a secret path that you could kind of drop down and go underneath to get to the, the first encounter with the Templar. Do you guys remember that? And they kind of did make a feature of that and expand it when we went back and there was certain things that you kind of... There were certain quests that we had to do that you could kind of explore a bit further. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. Uh, nope. I do not, but that's not a surprise. And it, it kind of took you into kind of the, the a back area of getting to the Templar area rather than kind of following the main path, as it were. I wonder if I wonder if these secret little things are still going to be there. The same with uh, once you've kind of got past the oracles, you've got past the Templar. You could follow the big door and go down through the hole down to the Gorgon maze, or there was a off to the right, no, sorry, off to the left, there was a slight opening in the wall that had a secret door that opened up once you completed the encounter that you could then go down and, and find the hidden chest that way, couldn't you? 
Yeah, this all sounds very like I, I vaguely remember doing this, but it's been again a long time. <laughs> You're scaring me because I know Fuzzgo's gonna want to do worlds first, and I should remember all of these things you're saying, and I don't. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of hours in Vault of Glass, not necessarily being successful or exploring, but I spent a lot of hours there. <laughs> they, were, they were largely good hours. I remember was, oh, knocking me off the edge a bunch of times, making fun of me. And there was always this hint of a, a secret hidden chest that nobody could find, but Luke Smith would very randomly on Twitter post, has anybody found the chest? Or, uh, you know, Bungie employees would tease that there's, there's this hidden chest. And I think now that they've had a chance to go back and do Vault of Glass, I, I probably guarantee you 100% they've put that hidden chest in there for people to try and find. So that's going to be interesting. That there's, I think it was the seventh hidden chest, wasn't it? That was what it was referred to. Yeah, six or seven or whatever. <laughs> One plus whatever has ever been found in the entire history of the game. You know what? I'm starting to feel singled out here. Stop asking us questions we don't remember. All right? You're picking on us. You're singling us out. Or at, at the very least me. And I find it to be offensive. Okay? We all know my memory's faulty. And you keep saying, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah. No! No! I don't remember! Okay? Make me feel bad about it, why don't you? Alright? Okay. Did you... Respawn, did you do the Whisper of the Worm mission? Yeah. In Destiny 2? Okay. You remember when we got to the... Oh my god. We were going <laughs> on... <laughs> no, I'm asking, do you remember? <laughs> you could follow the main mission... And you won't ask the- any more questions you remember. We'll move on to something else to see if you remember it. No, no, no. This is connected to the vault glass. <laughs> the oracle things, yeah. Yeah, so you know you could go in, towards you get to the, the end boss room. Instead of going to the boss room, you could go off to the right and you yeah. could go and shoot some oracles. Yeah. And that would be part of the catalyst, wouldn't it? Yeah. And getting the ships and things like that. Okay. You remember when you were in that catalyst, sorry, in the oracle area, there was a vex gate and if you walked up to the Vex Gate, you could see what looked like to be the Vault of Glass area. Do you remember that? There was an area in Vault of Glass that if you kind of stood sideways, it That's looked good, like yes. it was the Vault of Glass. Okay, good. Before you got to Atheon in the Vault of Glass, out on the way area over to the left, there was a rock that had a Vex Gate on it that wasn't turned on. Okay. And I think people are thought that that was the gate that you were kind of looking through when we were doing the whisper of the worm which was suddenly switched on at that point okay so i'm wondering now that we're going back to the vault of glass are they going to have had that gate turned on and if you go over to it and look through it will it show you the area for the whisper of the worm as a reverse mirror kind of thing or is that the way to the secret chest no or is that when you can have a destiny one fire team come in to help you 12 man the raid no, possibly. Mm-hmm. God, but it's just going to be interesting to see what little hints and um, clues that they kind of dot round in this, and any law that kind of comes out of this is going to be interesting as well. The reason why it's come back up. See, I'm quite excited. You just hit a nerve, right? Because you reminded me of the um. Of no, the I haven't reminded you of anything. <laughs> You reminded me of the whisper. Man with the mind of a sieve. How we got (laughs) back in its original glory, although the whisper was called something else, right? 
the black hammer and the black spindle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we got it back in, in its wonderful glory where you just got magic bullets, right? Meaning when you refilled the magazine, it didn't pull from your reserves. You just you got bullets, right? So, and then they nerfed it in the exact same way they nerfed it in Destiny 1. Well, now that you've started talking about this, I'm thinking of the Vex class, which is obviously going to be a part trade. And if it's not, I don't know why Bungie has the raid, right? So, remember how amazing that weapon was. And then, remember that it was too good, and they nerfed it. I'm seeing that whole scenario play out all over again for the Vex class, right? They're going to give it to us in the good way that it was, and then they're going to nerf it. And now I'm kind of upset. You know, I'm upset about I'm up to 496 spaces in my vault. And I'm <laughs> I know I have an issue. Wow. I have a problem. How am I going to fit all this you new stuff in? Just cleared the deck. <laughs> wow. It's a problem I have. You think? Yes. He, he needs a support. Group. I can admit it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am an alcoholic. Ed? Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> and alcohol's delicious. The end. <laughs> if you are going into the vault of glass and you are kind of you do get past the Templar and you do get to what is referred to as the Gorgon maze, you cannot kill them. You have to hide from them. Just hide, run around. There's a secret chest in the area, or there was in Destiny One. Hide. You're, do not shoot them. Hide, you can't hide behind a rock and stare at your feet, otherwise they will erase you from time itself. No, you can't stare at your feet. Oh, you can. It works every time. Staring at your feet is how you get those raid people who like to peek out by not peeking out to say, look at your feet until we tell you it's safe to pass. That's the secret. (laughs) (laughs) There was a triumph in Destiny 1 that if you managed to kill one of the Gorgons as well, but it did take quite a bit of um, damage. A lot, yeah. And it normally took for the first couple of times when I tried it, it took the whole fire team, all six people, to destroy one of those Gorgons. Wow! Oh, yeah. they, uh, they with that, supers, with and everything. Yeah, they're, they're slightly bigger than a Vex harpy, but yeah, just they're, they're much very tougher. much tougher, <laughs> and they can detect you at a very, very long range as well. So it was kind of sneaking around on rocks and jumping above them, even though for some reason they all started looking up. Pain in the bum. So yeah, we've got all that to look forward to, and and. Um, that's one way to put it. Yeah. And... That, but we know there's going to be more. We know there's going to be champion. Oh my God, champion Gorgons. You don't need a champion Gorgon. The Gorgon's invincible already. He could just mm-hmm. be, and he's already the champion. Oh my God. So, who would like to take us through what Bungie is calling linear voot rifles? Linear loot rifles? Voop. Voop. All right, hold on. Let me I'm trying to one. make. Oh, trying to make that a thing. Ooh, right. All right. Trying. I'm working on it. This up. I gotta type in. I gotta type in twab. Professional twab. man. If yep. only he had a web browser with multiple tabs or windows, he could have had this pulled up. Yep. If only. Okay, here we go. Linear loop rifles. A few weeks ago, we talked about upcoming changes we were making in the sandbox. We started by looking at a few weapon types that were a little 
little hot and needed some cooling down. Today we are focusing on some upcoming buffs coming next season. Weapons feature lead Chris Proctor is here with details and goals behind what we have planned. Ooh, sounds spicy. Heavy weapon rolls. Chris Proctor says, Hi everyone, it's great to be back. First, I want to share how we think about weapon rolls. With heavy weapons in particular, we intend each weapon to excel in one or two areas, making them uh, op optimal, sorry, not optional, optimal choices in particular situations based on target type or engagement distance. Uh, for heavy weapons, this is how we intend the weapons to fill the roles of add clear, single target damage, and burst damage. Explanation of roles. Add clear, clearing groups of adds. Single target damage, burning down a boss. Burst damage, burning down a champion quickly or for bosses with multiple damage phases. Clearing phases quickly. How weapons map to their roles. A sword! Ammo efficient, add clear. Single target sustained damage, secondary burst damage at the cost of being next to a dangerous target. Uh, rocket launcher, burst damage, secondary, add clear. Uh, machine gun, ammo efficient, add clear. Secondary, single target, sustained damage. Uh, linear fusion rifles, say single target, sustained damage where the target has a handy crit spot and is secondary burst damage. You know what? I never thought of them like that, but okay. Whatever, Bungie. Yeah. Say so. Um... A drum grenade launchers burst, add clear, secondary single target damage. Unless, of course, it's the anarchy that it's <laughs> main single target damage, secondary add clear, right? <laughs> Completely reverse that on the anarchy. Uh, exotic snipers, single target sustained damage where the target has a handy crit spot and is also sitting quite still. I added that last part. A few examples of how we've used heavy weapons in playtests of high difficulty content or when we've played Grandmaster Nightfalls GMs in retail. Linear fusion rifles. Burning down champions. Boss damage where the boss has a crit spot or with divinity. Divinity's absolutely great for many, many, many boss fights. For those of you out there that haven't completed the divinity quest, get on it. What are you doing? Um, Waiting for you. No, no, not going to do it. Uh, I've already done it. Rocket launcher burst damage against champions or bosses, particularly with lasting impression. Cleared up, clumped up waves of tough ads. That I love that perk so, so much. Anyway, moving on. Uh, machine gun breaking, breaking matching shields in grandmasters, where our other weapon can't do the trick. Using a machine gun instead of a primary weapon in a heavy ammo-rich situation where your primary gun and special weapons are not rapid-fire, like uh, Lamanaric Succession or whatever machine gun has a useful damage type in this Grand Master. Oh, plus. Plus, plus, whatever. Sorry, my bad. They gave you an example loadout, and I wasn't realizing that. Okay, fair enough. Moving forward. <laughs> Shut up, I'm getting it. Balance philosophy. Okay. I'm not sure what philosophy means, but it's here. Uh, there are two approaches we take to making balance changes. Big swings. Make a big change that we believe will immediately encourage new player behavior. Ah! Most useful when we need to nerf or buff something hard enough so that everyone can tell that it's happened. With the expectation that we may need to dial 
exception. The exception. It does say exception. Look at that. With the exception that we may need to dial the tuning in a later release. Examples. 120 Hand Cannon buff in Beyond Light or the Rocket Launcher buff in Season of the Chosen. Still waiting for that buff to hit the freaking exotic rocket launchers. Anyway, incremental changes. Take something that we feel isn't far from where it needs to be and just a little bit at a time. Most useful when we don't want over want to overcorrect and make something overpowered. Or we don't want to make a change with a huge test wake and would prefer something smaller or safer to change. Examples, precision auto rifle change outlined below. Or the season of the arrival's high-impact pulse rifle change. Okay. In most releases, we make changes of both types, and which we choose for a given feature depends on how much time we have to test and iterate on a change. How many changes are already in a release, and how close we think a feature is to being balanced already. A small note on damage falloff distances. When we call out changes to damage falloff distance, we always do so according to a weapon's base damage falloff, i.e. hipfire. Damage falloff distance increases differently based on a weapon's zoom. So, for example, a fusion rifle distance changes described below, or the hand cannon distance changes called out previously will be higher when zoomed. There's a lot of stuff going on here. There is. So now we're going to talk about weapon archetypes. Uh-huh. So precision, which is the 450 RPM auto rifles. So for an example of this, because they don't give you, you have the Braytek Werewolf, which was obtained through doing the Haunted Forest back when. Yeah. The Horror Story also, again, as another 450. Right there. Most recently, you have the Seventh Seraph Carbine. Right there. And those are all primary weapons. Yep. You then have the... Prosecutor from the Trials of the Nine auto rifle. So you may have this one in your collections. Nope. nope. Uh, we'll put a pin in that one because we'll come back to that one. You also have the Ringing Nail again from the um, Forges. So it'll be probably in your collections if you do have it or stuck in your vault like I have. And most recently, the Shadow Price. So this is the Nightfall exclusive. Wait. That is being brought up slightly. Because <laughs> right. you've listed other stuff that's been sunset, but yet you haven't mentioned the breakneck. It starts off as a 450. Right. He has, though, and the breakneck. Thank you. It starts off as a 450, yes, but then when it ramps up the damage, it, it won't kind of get any of the buff. And I don't I don't think that it will get the, the increased um, precision damage that this will. It may do. I mean, it's sunset. It yeah. You know. So what they're going to do is they're going to increase the headshots, so the precision damage of the 450 RPM auto rifle damage per bullet from 17 to 18. So that brings them up slightly. You get one more per bullet. One yeah. more damage. Mm -hmm. And have you guys noticed this? I don't know why they've put this in. They've put we added rare machine guns and a rare bow to the world loophole recently. So these are the blue ones that you get. And I did notice the season of the chosen emblem on on a bow that. I've Kind of yeah, I I noticed that too, because I hadn't I had never seen the bows or the machine guns in the blue loot pool before, and I was like, okay, they must have added those. Why I can't possibly fathom, but sure. But they kind of they explain here they added the existence for. Like <laughs> they added those. 
basically so that new players kind of got those as drops to use. So if you didn't, you weren't able to get those items from doing like a quest or just a normal drop somewhere else. And it was a blue item that you got through leveling up and you thought, oh, I'll equip this and try it. Like we did when we first started Destiny 2. Um, I think they're still trying to cater to new players coming in. So this is why those things have, those archetypes have been added. Mm-hmm. Linear yeah, fusion good... rifles. I didn't have them before at all. So that's, yeah, it's good. At least you've added that as something for a new player to have access to. I hadn't thought about that. It's a good point. So linear fusion rifles, these are unpopular choice in PVE, largely because other weapons do their intended job, single target sustained damage, or better, or more efficiently, without the requirement of landing all precision hits. They wanted to keep the linear fusion rifles focused on precision damage, but decided to increase the precision damage to make them more competitive, and increase the reserves to give them more staying power. Note that we have seen plenty of suggestions to move the linear fusion rifles out of the heavy slot but this is also a substantial amount of work and a balanced risk for pvp due to the difficulty of balancing sniper rifles as instant one-shot weapons against linear fusion rifles with charge time with wildly varying flinch and aim assist values and reduced weapons diversity in the heavy slot it is still not a possibility for some time in the future though if tuning them as heavy weapons doesn't have the desired effect so these changes are increase the precision damage by 15% and increase the reserve ammo by 20%. And this is only in PVE. So when you kind of think about that with PVP, you've got Sleeper Simulant, which is also a good one to kind of look out for in the exotic, and the Queensbreaker Bow. Not Queensbreaker, yeah. It used to be the Queensbreaker Bow, didn't it? It's now just called the Queensbreaker. So yeah, you've got those ones, and then you've got like the tarantilla. I say tarantilla, it's tarantula. Yes, the tarantula, the um, crooked fang, four fr, and what else? There's there's a couple of other ones. The yeah, the one PVP specific. I forgot what season it was, but it's the one you got. It was the pinnacle, or not pinnacle. It was the sunset. Is it sunset? Komodo. Yeah. All the stuff sunset. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, you also have the arbalest, which is your primary one. Again, exotic. So apart apart from the heavy one and the arbalest, these are going to get a PVE buff. Fusion rifles. They recently buffed the fusion rifle ranges, which had a slight effect on making the best subfirm leaves in PVP at the higher impacts even like, better. The main ingredient, Aaron Chill FR4. Loaded question, etc. Loaded question! Wizen Rebuke, yeah, main ingredient. Glacier Clasm. So all of those ones are the high impacts ones. So because they've made them even better, they've decided to bring the low range stat right low range stat fusion rifles up a fair bit. So they've increased the damage fall off start distance for fusion rifles. No effect on hundred percent range stat, plus two meters on 0% range stat. Do you guys understand what that means? I know that at some point they're going to have a two meter increase. <laughs> that, that's all that kind of, I think that means is that they're going to bring up the, the range on the low stat range fusion rifles a fair bit. Is two meters a fair bit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. So you're yeah. getting buffs on your fusion rifles, but you're also getting a nerf to the bastion, which they detailed last um, week before. Something like that, yeah. So that's your exotic fusion rifle in the primary slot. 
so the perks they're going to change some of the perks so subsistence and for anybody that doesn't know what subsistence is this is kills partially reload the magazine from reserves but reserves capacity is reduced but not anymore so really we were experimenting with the unusual downside of powerful perks but ultimately decided that reducing reserves wasn't as interesting as a trade-off so we also wanted to be able to put the perk on special weapons and heavy weapons where reducing reserves would feel a bit terrible submachine guns were granting a much smaller magazine fraction than auto rifles so they're fixing that at the same time Okay. So no longer will your reserves be reduced in their ammunition. And submachine guns now receive the same amount of fractions per takedown that auto rifles do. That was 10%, like most weapons, now it's 17%, the same as auto rifles. So your kills will partially reload the magazine, and you won't get any capped reserves reduced. And it'll be brought up slightly on machine guns. But what's the downside? There's no downside. That's it. It's all upside. He just said that it wasn't as interesting as a trade-off. So if they're taking that off as a trade-off, what are they going to put on for the trade-off? Otherwise, that's just a powerful perk. It Period. is a powerful perk, and that's it. Yeah, they're just saying that the trade-off wasn't working, so they've removed the trade-off, and now it's just better. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have a seven serif that's got that on. I think it's a seven serif. I've got an auto rifle that I've been waiting to use that's got that on there. Fair enough. Uh, So high impact reserves and under pressure. Your high impact reserves are rounds at the end of the magazine deal more damage. And your under pressure is improves the stability and accuracy as the magazine gets lower. So due to, a technical uh, due to a technical constraint at the time these were created, the trigger conditions for these is on projectile impact. So i.e. the bonus won't take effect until you fire the weapon once. So even if you've got down to the rounds at the end of the magazine and say you've got like two rounds in your sniper, your high impact reserves wouldn't take effect until the, your last shot basically. So I could understand this not working in PvP. Whereas if you had a, f a full magazine would be four, and in PvP you only start with two, you should, in theory, get the high impact reserves on both shots. But that wasn't working. You had to fire off the weapon first to get the next one to trigger. And the same with the under pressure. It had to get to below what it was saying that it was meant to be for your magazine for it to actually have an impact. So they are kind of changing that now. So these are now active as long as their conditions are met. So as long as your high impacts are half of what your magazine is, it's going to work no matter what. And the same with your under pressure. And I, I can't remember if under pressure was half the magazine. I think it was. Um, it then starts to improve your stability and accuracy as the, as the magazine gets lower and lower. It starts so. at half. Yeah. If that's what you were asking. Yeah. So going back one perk. Like, I'm looking at my inventory, and you have no idea how happy Bungie has just made me. Because I have an Arctic Haze with Thresh and Subsistence. I have a Fool's Remedy with Range Finder and Subsistence. Gnawing Hunger. Uh, can, we go just, can we go back just a little bit? Bungie's made you happy. 
for this particular perk? I just, oh my god! Oh, I have a god roll gnawing hunger that's got small boar. Nobody cares what you've got. They care what they've got in their oh, vaults. I care, and it's making me so happy. So unrelenting. This perk is rapidly defeat rapidly defeating targets triggers health regeneration. Guardians and powerful combatants count as more than one kill. This was hard to trigger in difficult conditions, and the health awarded was hard to perceive. So it's now easier to trigger in PvE, and it immediately triggers on mages and heals 20% more. So that's good. Another good buff to that one. Sympathetic Arsenal, which is reloading after a final blow, also reloads stowed weapons. It isn't appealing enough for many players as it is, but it's useful in niche situations. So they've decided on a small buff to sweeten it a little bit more. It now grants a 20% reload in addition to its primary effects. So you get to reload faster. I wanted you to go back to the previous perk that you're being mean. Okay, go on. No, I wanted you, you want to repeat me to go back. about the previous perk because I heard something about extra boss damage or something. You have to listen to the podcast. We can't go back. There's only forward. Whatever. Listen to the stream. It's on delay. You'll be able to pick it up. Is it on a delay? No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, just by the nature of physics, it's on some kind of delay. I, I don't know. Should I'll listen to while we're, you know, recording the show. Basically, you're... What were we on? We were on unrelenting. So if anybody did miss that, where unrelenting is rapidly defeating targets, triggers health regeneration, and guardians and powerful combatants count as more than one kill. It's now easier to trigger in PvE, and it immediately okay. triggers on killing a major, and it heals oh. 20% more. Oh. Okay. Not bad. And the sympathetic arsenal will give you a plus 20 to your reload stat, in addition to its primary effect, which was reloading after a final blow, also reloads stowed weapons. So again, that's a very good buff that they've they've done to this um, perk. Dragonfly. So this is a legendary trait. Precision kills create an elemental damage explosion. It has always bugged us that Dragonfly wouldn't proc on every enemy you could finish with a precision hit. It now works on heavy shanks and servitors and occurs even faster than after the season of the chosen fix. So they fixed it. And then they're fixing it again. And it works on more things. Things go boom. They should, they should just make it Mega Neuro and move on. Go boom. <laughs> no, you know Mega is going to have to come back. I hope so. Seriously, both the scout rights sometime in 2020. We need to get Mega without having to depend on the oxygen, is the idea. So the next one under the microscope was Hip Fire Grip. And this is increasing accuracy, stability, and precision hit targeting when fired from the hip. There are quite a few weapons that do have this trait. So they're being careful not to overbuff this, since when hip fire is too effective, it changes the game significantly. So we're just bumping this a bit more over the Season of Arrivals buff to make it a bit more useful option. So they've added plus one degrees to precision hip fire angle threshold, plus 1.2 times reticle stickiness, fall off distance. One degree doesn't seem like that much, but for reference, Hankan's aim assist cone angle is 2.5 degrees at zero aim assist to three degrees at 100% aim assist. 
and you can feel the difference between a 90 aim assist hand cannon and a 100 aim assist hand cannon because it kind of waves off um there's a video that fallout put out there if anybody is not aware of that the aim assist cone kind of veers off left and right depending on what number you've got and you want a number that is either 5 15 25 35 45 up to 100 where it kind of peaks and just goes vertical whereas if you have say 10 it could veer over to the left and i think 20 veers over towards the right in extreme circumstances which is why sometimes a counterbalance which gives you plus 15 kind of then brings it back more vertically so that's what they're kind of talking about there so a small difference can be significant note that precision hip fire angle caps at the aim down sights aim assist cone angle huh this all has to do with the fact that where they talk about like the numbers they give about the ranges and the falls off and fall off and things is all oh. for when you're fire gripping and then when you aim down the sights based on the zoom of the weapon that affects your aim assist and your fall off and all that stuff yeah, I knew that. I'm not going to try to because yeah. that's much in it. So, guys, hip fire grip. What weapon, primary weapon, is synonymous with a hip fire grip? You talking about the exotic one? I that am gets indeed. more powerful. Hit you land. There, there's some sort of word that I think should should end things. Yeah, it's 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 the last one, right? It is. I, I think it's the last word. It is. And the last word is an amazing exotic hand cannon for your primary slot. And as they said, it recently did kind of get a buff with how it performs with hip fire grip. And now the hip fire grip is being improved even more. So this weapon may come to the forefront in Crucible. I'm just saying. You've got that to look forward to. I mean, it's always kind of been a part of it. So, yeah, but that what they're saying is that they're improving the reticle stickiness of a weapon firing from the hip, which is one of the traits on the last word. So, this weapon is going to come up, yeah. But did they well, they didn't specify whether or not it's going to. Can I also that. tell you another weapon which is in your primary slot, which you, Hunter Master Rager, should be really excited about? Uh, is it a bow? No. But it also has a hip fire grip trait to it. Like, what is it? No, I'm not telling you. This so, is meant to be your favorite weapon of the whole game, Destiny 1 and 2. Hip fire grip. No, let's take a look, see if I can't guess it. All right, hip fire grip. What's your, what, what's your favorite exotic from Destiny 1 and 2? You've said it so oh. many times on show. Bad juju! Bad juju. <laughs> so this is an exotic pulse rifle with a very high rounds per minute, 450 RPM. And kills refill the magazine damage for a short duration and grants super energy based on the strength of string of curses. It fires full auto and it comes with short action stock. This weapon is especially easy to grip, greatly increases handling speed. Hip fire grip increases accuracy stability and precision hit targeting when firing from the hip steady rounds and hammer forged rifling oh my god 
And if you have the catalyst, it also extends the duration of string of curses. <laughs> so, Bungie, you've made Respawn doubly happy this week. Well done. Doop, doop. Well done. Applause all round for that. Get it ready. So you remember the auto rifle I was telling you guys about uh, uh, just now? That It's kind of been sunset, but it may be in your vault. It's the prosecutor, the auto rifle from Trials of the Nine. So if you were lucky to get one of these um, from your clan during Trials, which is the only way I think I got mine, um, because you got it from the clan Ingram, this weapon, also having the buff of the 450s with the extra mm. precision damage, comes with tap the trigger, and it grants a short period of increased stability and accuracy on initial trigger pull. But it comes with hip fire grip, increasing the accuracy and stability of precision hits targeting when firing from the hip. So this could be one that you could pull out in regular crucible and just have good fun with. Oh, That's, um... goodness. Also, Mida Mini Tool has the hip fire grip if anybody's interested in for that. So if you're pairing this with the Mida multi-tool, which is the exotic that we'll come to later on, because that's now having a slight increase in what it can do and change also. Also, Death Adder can roll with the hipfire grip, and this is the submachine gun, which is in the same archetype as the... The recluse. That's it, the recluse that's been sunset that you can get from the Prophecy Dungeon. That has hit fire grip. And um, I'm not sure if like the bow hush also had kind of the hit fire precision um, hits grant a massive hush. draw speed bonus. Yeah, you remember the bow you could get yep. from Gambit? That kind of had a hit fire trait, but I'm not sure if this is going to be affected by it. But it may be one to pull out and try and just have a bit of fun. It's well, hold on. Does it have hit fire? It doesn't have hit fire grip, but it has the other perk, which was the Archer's Gambit, which was hit fire precision hits grant massive draw speed time bonus for short duration. And I'm not sure if that was tied. To, I can't remember if they said that it was similar to hit fire or it's tied to that kind of perk, the way it worked, but it was just named something different for that bow. But I just thought I'd bring it up because people might want to try it out. Indeed, indeed they do. Yes, they do. So. Also, they're having a look at the iron perks that you can get from the iron banner. And these are iron grip, iron gaze, and iron reach. So your iron grip massively improves weapon stability at the cost of reload speed. So you get a plus 20 in stability, but minus 40 in reload speed. Your iron gaze is massively improves weapon target acquisition at the cost of weapon range. So it's minus 40 range, but plus 20 in your aim assist. And iron reach, which was uh, plus 20 in range and minus 40 in stability. They've decided that they don't like that. That's it. They've, they've decided they don't like what they did with those perks. Okay. Nobody so, uses them. Yeah. So they're being cautious when making a stat bump with perks in season of arrivals, not wanting to break the weapon stat range at too low a cost. But the penalties these shipped with were too much and not seeing them much in the wild. So they're reducing the secondary stat perk from minus 40 to minus 30. So where you had minus 40 in stability for your iron reach, it's now going to be minus 30. Minus 30 in range for your iron gaze, and minus 30 uh, reload speed on your iron grip. So that that's going to be quite good, because I think I've got 
and I don't know if anybody else did this, because uh, Titans can roll with the Actium War Rig and just basically fire for days with auto rifles, if you've got a roll of one of the forward paths from the Iron Banner that had the Iron Gaze, massively improving the weapon target acquisition at the cost of weapon range, it if you've got the right perks on it, it was like a submachine gun in your primary slot. So you could have this in your primary slot as an auto rifle, but being able to constantly fire it like a, an everlasting submachine gun. Okay. And when they when Fallout did range tests of uh, the Iron Gaze, even though it was knocking the range down by plus 40, in PvP activities, you weren't losing that much with the distance that you could still kill somebody at. So it was, he was saying it was still a really good perk for bumping up your um, your target acquisition for that gun. So it's like, if you stuck, I mean, I put a backup mag on it. So I had 51 in the magazine and I was using the Acton War Rig. It was literally a, a nightmare for some people because they thought it was a submachine gun, just bursting them down with yeah. <laughs> unlimited auto rifles. Oof. So that is a really powerful exotic, man. If I'm getting another ten in the range, not yeah. If I'm getting another ten back in the range, that's going to just make that weapon even more deadly. I was just talking about the war pig. The war pig yeah. is just so such a good exotic, man. It is. <sighs> anyway, hunters need one of those. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, we do. Let me turn <laughs> it. You can shoot it forever. So we're, they're also going to change Osmosis and Elemental Capacitor. So your Osmosis is a legendary trait. Using your grenade ability changes this weapon's damage type to match your light base subclass until you stow it. Mm -hmm. So you could throw out Arc, Solar, Void and get that subclass on that weapon um, until you stow it. Never worked for Stasis, but now it's going to. So Osmosis now switches the weapon to stasis damage when playing a stasis subclass. This should work for any mechanics that ask for stasis damage, but not for stasis ability damage. Also created stasis VFX for the weapon type that Osmosis can appear on more coming later. And the elemental capacitor, this increased stats based on the current equipped subclass. So Solar increased the reload speed by plus 50. Arc increased the handling, and that was plus 50, and Void increased your stability, and that was plus 20. So now, Elemental Capacitor will work with Stasis, and will add plus recoil direction and reduces the ADS move speed penalty. So don't know what the kind of percentage is on that. Until it's in the database, we can't kind of tell you, so do right. apologize. So no distractions is aiming this weapon for a short period reduces flinch. And we'll put a pin in that because we'll come back to that in a second. So because of the a exotic of of stuff, because of the exotic changes below and sniper rifles flinch change in season of chosen, we wanted to make no distractions a more appealing option for combating flinch. So reduce trigger time from 1.5 seconds to one seconds and increase the flinch reduction from 30 to 35%. Celerity or celery. So <laughs> at the moment, at the moment, you gain the following effects when you are the last living member on your fire team. 
increase target acquisition, increase handling and reload speed and reduce flinch from incoming fire. And what we learned a couple of weeks back was this is so overpowered, just that none of us have got to the stage where we've been able to use it as the last living. <laughs> so they've addressed these specifically in an earlier twub, but here are the buffs again. Celery and... Celery. <laughs> I can't say it now. Celerity. Yeah. Celery. Celerity. Celery. Now always grants plus 20 to handling and plus 20 to reload in addition to triggered effects. And bottomless grief. Again, while you are the last living member of your fire team, each takedown refills your magazine. And bottomless grief has now always granted plus 30 to the magazine in addition to triggering effects. So you're getting plus 30 in reserves to your magazine, plus you're getting every time you take a takedown, you're refilling your, from your magazine. You're refilling your magazine from reserves. So that's quite good. And then Thresh. Thresh's killing combatants with this weapon generates a small amount of super energy. I and, love this. And Hunter loves this. So this change is already live and not much a buff so much as a bug fix. Thresh unintentionally only worked in PvP for certain weapons in Beyond Light. Yeah. But it always worked in PvE situations of Season of Chosen Launch. They've put PvP, but now they've changed it so that it works on all weapons that have this. Because we've featured a couple of videos by Fallout and other players over the last couple of weeks saying, this now works in PvP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really great perk. Oh my god, I got like three or four weapons that have that plus uh, plus subsistence, which apparently is about to get dirty! <laughs> Mods. Adept mag, adept targeting. Same reasoning as the Iron Banner perks. So mm -hmm. we were cautious initially, but think it's fine to reduce these penalties for these perks having seen them in action. Or not so seen them in action, because not a lot of people have them. So they've reduced the secondary stat penalty from minus 20 to minus 15. And they've fixed the adept mag not granting reserves when applied to sorts. So these are the ones that you can get from Trials of Osiris and from the Grandmaster Nightfalls. Adept Counterbalance. This didn't feel like enough of an upgrade over standard Counterbalance stock to be worthwhile. So they've increased the recoil direction benefit. So hopefully that's not plus 20. They've added another 5 on top of that. Plus 100! Yeah, maybe it's up to 100, yeah. Yep. Guarantees to max out your stability. Period. So we're going to take that pin out now, and we're going to go back to the Mida multi-tool, which oh. is the exotic scout rifle. Oh, no. So they've seen many requests to switch this from Outlaw to something more useful. So the, the Mida already has a really fast reload speed. I think it's something... It, I think it caps out at 100 anyway, doesn't it? It's pretty fast. So, yeah, the reload speed on the Mida multi-tool is already at 82. And the exotic catalyst perk on it is... So when you masterwork it, precision kills greatly decrease reload time, so you get outlaw. But what people have been calling out for is that rather than having outlaw for a gun that already reloads extremely fast, can we have something more useful? And the one thing they've observed from the Mida is losing fights to weapons that cause more flinch. So here we go. They're going to change the catalyst perk from outlaw to no distractions. So uh, that was why we put a pin in it. Because oh, that has now I had going to put flinch back on it, man. Uh, all right. So for those of you that don't know, the modern multi tool 
especially in the beginning of D1, I'm sorry, D2, was a monster in PvP. Not only did it fire fast, not only could it kill you super fast, but it also made you flinch like a son of a bitch, right? It's No, it still will do that. You still have the high caliber rounds on there. Yeah, but no, if you remember way, way, way back, they reduced the flinch the Mighty Multi-Tool did, right? So, yeah, but the, the problem that they've observed for why you weren't what fine. What I'm saying is I thought you were about to say they were going to add the flinch back onto it that they took off. I know basically, what you said. Basically, they said. have. That's what I'm saying. You, they Basically, that's what they're giving you. Unintentionally, no, no, which... unintentionally by buffing it with no distractions, because it gives you the reduced flinch and it gives you the reduced trigger time to get into no distractions, you will be able to hit those other headshots a lot cleaner and be able to flinch the other player a lot quicker than they can flinch you. Which right. is that's not giving unintentionally the buffing the high caliber rounds. No, no it's still get the same level of flinch. They're, they're not giving you'll be able back to hit the headshots. Yeah. Yes, I understand that, right? But what I was saying earlier is the level of flinch it had back then and the it level high. of flinch. We know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He's talking to apples to oranges. The point that I made is completely separate, and he's going back to that as right. though my cow rounds is getting buffed. It's not. They're not giving back the flinch that it had before, so it's not getting buffed. It, Don't lie it to the didn't. People. It is getting buffed. It's not getting buffed to the level that it was previously. I don't. I don't see how those two things coincide. So whatever. <laughs> Just because you uh, can hit your head doesn't mean the flinch is as bad as it was before. They haven't nerfed high caliber rounds. On the miter, they did. They can't do that. They would. It'd have to be a blanket nerf across the whole thing. Dude, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you look it up. You go away, look it up. Years ago, maybe they nerfed nerfed it. Sure. Have they nerfed it in D two? Yes, because it was a monster in trials and PvP. That's that. That's the only nerf that I can think of is in D two, because when we first started doing trials. Everybody was using Mida. That's all people would use. And it was causing massive flinch. And one of the first things they did to the Mida is they reduced the flinch that it did. It was one of the first nerfs that they gave to that gun. So. Okay. Okay. I, I remember. So. So the future. Sometime further into season 14, we expect to touch the following. All shotguns. We don't expect the change to the two dominant shotguns replacing quick draw with surplus and nerfing quick draw to really move the needle on shotguns usage overall in PvP. We agree with some of the comments that weapons usage is not depending on tuning, but the map design is also a factor. However, we want more weapons to be viable on all maps, and we can achieve this through tuning, giving other special weapons room to excel. Specifics coming later. Dead Man's Tail. With the upcoming nerf, see, they, they mentioned nerf, change to the 120 hand cannon range, we expect to see a surge in the Dead Man's Tail usage, which is already high. Especially if so we have some systems like mine does. <laughs> we had enough moving pieces in Season 14 that we didn't want to try and squeeze, in this, squeeze this in at the time, but we have a change ready to go that reigns in its ability to challenge sniper rifles. 
120 hand cannons and scout rifles while in hit fire without detracting from the fantasy of this weapon. So again, another weapon that benefits from hit fire is... Dead Man's Tail. And they're going to do yeah. things to him. That's where I thought you were going earlier. Obviously, after last word, the Dead Man's Tail was the second thing that I thought about, about hit, hit fire grip. Hmm. The Dead Man's Tail doesn't have hit fire grip. It has the catalyst. Yep, okay. Three years ago, it, patch notes indicate that scout rifles have seen a reduction to both aim deflection on high caliber rounds and reduced aim assist on longer ranges. So yeah, they did get a nerf, and it was to all scouts. Yeah, they touched all the scout rifles. So I, I knew I wasn't tripping. Mm -hmm. Continue. So on the dead man tail, the, the trait that it has is cranial spike. Chaining precision hits, grants bonus damage, and quickens the reload speed. And the catalyst increases hit fire rate of fire and removes hit fire accuracy penalties, but it doesn't actually have hit fire grip on it. Although, no. it's it works I, very similar to how the last word works with firing from the hip. But I suppose if they if that had hit fire grip on it and then they've changed hit fire grip to be more potent, then that would just completely make that gun like the top of the PvP meta. They do know that they have got a. A fix for it, a, a nerf, a change in the works that will be coming out later on. For what? Dead the Man's Dead Man Tale. Tale? Just mm -hmm. been talking about where they said they're going to do something to it. But I, th I think they're going to wait and see if it does become top of the meta and it does outplay the 120 hand cannons and sniper <sighs> rifles. Something needs to. Damn. Fusion rifles, as with some of our other changes, we don't want to bump these up too much too fast. So we'll follow up if needed. Now I'm going to kick it over to our parody on player support report. who has an update on today's updates that may have been in the updates to the updates to the updates. What? That's, they say something about updates and updates and updates. And I'm going to kick it over to parody because he knows more about stuff than I do. Hashtag updates. I love the updates. Yeah, so our, our, our patch... On Thursday, April 29th, after the daily reset, the patch 3113 went live with you know a handful of fixes to things that we talked about earlier. They also said that the uh, EVE is weekly and daily Guardian Games bounties will not reset after completing them, most importantly, and players are no longer being showed inappropriate ownership of future seasons on the Season Pass UI, which is apparently something else that was happening. So players who are interested in, in acquiring or purchasing the three Bungie reward items associated with, with the Guardian Games the exclusive emblem, the track jacket, or the class gold medal winner pin have until the event ends on May 11th at the weekly reset to do so. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, to complete these in-game triumphs. Once you complete the in-game triumphs, you can go to the Bungie Rewards page by May 14th. That's three days later by noon Pacific time, or you will be unable to acquire or purchase these items. So basically, if you do a thing in Guardian Games and you care, once the event ends, Make sure you've claimed them and then go buy the thing you want to buy, if that's what you're interested in. Our weekly known issues, because again, it wouldn't be our, our game if there weren't known issues. Subclass-specific emblems no longer unlock with new light completion. Oh no. The cowbell multiplayer emote sound effects fade in and out during use. That is a travesty, and I do not like it. These exotic hunter legs create gap at waist when used with contender vest on feminine model. The completionist triumph might not unlock for players who meet the requirements. 
The reactive pulse armad may no longer be emitting bursts of damaging arc energy, rendering them useless. And that's our you know fairly short list of known issues. We just have a bunch of unknown issues that you'll have to figure out about later. And now we've got artwork and videos and beautiful things to look at. Well, we've come to a, a stagnant pause here because Rieswan's obviously gone off to answer the telephone to somebody else. Speak I on have. Well, it's time for a response report roundup. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I know a thing. We can. Well, uh, we don't. We can't do that. You can do that. Yeah, yeah I can do a thing. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, do we don't have any fan feedback, do we? No. Okay. Uh, DMG. I deleted all the ones that go. We love you, Eastburn. Probably did. Uh, DMG zero four lock. He changed his name again. I don't know. Setting expectations today. We are talking armor synthesis. A quick Where update on. No. No? no. Is there something for that? The one. The one that says today, and it's by Crit Butt. It's got a picture no. of the palindrome. Oh, is that the first one? That's the first one this week. Goodness. This is today, exclamation point. Okay, cool. Um, cool, all right. So Palindrome, uh, Crit Buff says, that's going to be a lot, of da- lot of ammo, not a lot of damage. I guess it's a lot of damage too, but it's a lot of damage, a lot of ammo, a lot of ammo, a lot of damage. In the magazine, after the changes to Bottomless, bottomless Grief to his Palindrome, he has bottomless grief and thresh and extended mag and a backup mag. He's gonna have all of the bullets for his palindrome. DMG says there is a cap to how high stats can go, including magazine size. Just means you can use an alternate perk in that column, though. There you go. Um, Dom is replying to DMG. Any chance that Vernal Growth Set makes an appearance this year in Eververse? I'm so sad I missed it. DMG, don't have info right now, but I can pass along the feedback. Take a drink! Next one. Uh, Let me put this so everybody can read what I'm reading. Oh, God, what happened? No, no! I broke things! Things are broken! There we go. Perfect. All right. Um, a quick reminder that our moderation is not limited to Bungie.net. If you break our code of conduct, doesn't matter how many flawless codes you have, doesn't matter how many raids you run, hate speech can be met with in-game consequences. Racism has no place. Uh, Kinematic Echo says... This is just based on not receiving a notification that someone I reported has been banned. DMG says, we send confirmation messages from time to time, but I believe that is restricted to reports of cheating. I'll pass the feedback on to our report team. Uh, Thanks for the note. Take a drink. Parasito says, noticing a lack of any mention of a bog jacket or even other associated merch. Does that mean it's not happening for week one clears? DMG says, stay tuned. I think, oh, this is by Kuma Kobe. They say, I think heavy weapons are in a good spot 
in general right now, but I still would have loved to see maybe reserves increase for machine guns or more ammo per heavy brick. Also, maybe some love somewhere for a heavy grenade launcher. I don't really see them used at all anymore outside of Anarchy. Because <laughs> Anarchy is the greatest! Anyway, uh, DMG says, Machine guns will be looked at in a future season. Don't know what exactly would change, but uh, I think Proctor mentioned that uh, it's in his write-up. So I think that qualifies as take a drink. So do it anyway. Um, DMG, uh, hammy rounds, hammy rounds. And there's a picture of a four-barrel flintlock pistol. Uh, Kaka says, are exotic linear fusions sharing in the bus? He says, exotic LFR, Sleeper, and Queensbreaker, for example, will benefit from these buffs. We'll be watching player reception once these changes are live and passing additional feedback up to the team as it comes in. That's only half a drink because he says they will, not they are. Uh, so, you know what? Take a drink anyway. I don't care. Retreat. Uh, Chef Swain says, retweet to make a Destiny player angry. Uh, he used words that Demon won't let me say. So if you're watching the stream, that one right there. He won't let me say that. I'm not allowed to say that because something about iTunes not loving us or something. I don't know. Anyway. It's for the kids. Uh, it says, anti peak enabled anti peak disabled side note i hope bungie never fixes this to eternally make angry the nerds on reddit dtg cool not entirely sure what i'm looking at here that one's got a rock and that one's got what looks to be a robot i don't know um, DMG, team is looking into solutions. Don't have a timeline just yet, but it's a promise we intend to keep from the blog back on February. Thank you, uh, oh, uh, a bunch of, oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I found this emblem in the API, probably for the Witch Queen as a pre-order bout. Have been checking the API just for curiosity and found this amazing looking emblem, which was added this season. Not sure where it is. I'm sorry. Not sure where, but there's hive in it. There are eyes. And a weird hive simple, all of which pointing at the screen expansion. Take a look. There's a link. Uh, that link leads us to this emblem. That's a pretty good looking emblem. It looks like a whole lot of, uh, what's her face? Uh, Eris Morn. Eris Morn has been playing with the filters on her phone a little too much, and uh, yeah, actually, don't look too bad. Um, well, many X... hive knights just standing in a dark room. Uh, why are there uh, so X Checker X says, Why are there fireworks for Titans in the Tower of 100s when the first week and the second uh, week? And the second week, Titans swapped the fireworks last minute in the fit of jealousy. Team is working to fix no ETA. <laughs> So, no ETA, so we're going to have all the fireworks. So, even if you do win, we're still yeah. going to win. We win, because yeah. you win. FYI, exactly, uh, no, drink. it was in the law last week. I listened to it. We win if you win, remember? Yeah. No, no, not Hunters. Uh, Titans cheat. Actually, Hunters probably cheat too. 
but it's in the lore that Titans cheat. So. Um, we bet on the Hunters to win. We've got this. And therefore, secure. We win with win. the fireworks. That's it. <laughs> I can't get over that. You're gonna bet on the hunters. Yep. So you're gonna lose. Nope. We're gonna win. But, but uh, <laughs> <I get> confused. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to not our floor from last week. Um, DMG. Many thanks to everyone sounding off with feedback. Keep it coming. Appreciate the critical feedback. Cheers to this. Keep it good. Respectful as always. We're on this for the long haul. Looking forward to seeing y'all get your hands on Sharma. Basically, he said nothing there. Okay. So basically, he's addressing that they do acknowledge that they're listening to the feedback of the arm synthesis. They are taking it on board, and that's it. Because I think a lot of people were upset that they didn't address it in this week at Bungie this week. But it, it, they're not going to reverse a change that hasn't been implemented yet that they spoke about last week just because there's been oh videos. Oh, my God. Stop. He said nothing, and you've said nothing four times longer than he said nothing. Exactly. Ah. Uh, DMG says Telesto. Uh, Philip Tibitoski? Tib mm -hmm. Dude, I'm sorry. I messed up your name so bad, dude. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Uh, he replied to DMG, says, why though? DMG says, I woke up early today and chose violence. Oh, because he just said the word Telesto. I yeah. I, I thought I just had that in because it, it just made me laugh. That's, that's, that's clever. Just wake up and, and just tweet out Telesto, yeah. That would be mm -hmm. something that parody would normally do. Which, mm -hmm. which, which Bungie dev or which Bungie employees, the Hunter main that we talked about a couple weeks ago? Cosmo. Oh, okay. DMG's okay. the warlock. Cosmos. Uh, right. But I, I imagine Parody texting out business and then somebody getting back to him and going, What kind of business? And Parody texting back the sweetest kind. Or just sweet. Oh god. That may yeah. be the name of my work computer for the record. Somebody <laughs> um Somebody at work the other day, because we had a lot of overtime, and he goes, you know what, with all these hours, I'm going to buy a boat, and I'm going to name it Viper. Viper's a piece of software that we use with what I do, right? And um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, if things keep breaking, I'm going to buy a boat and name it Telesto. And he didn't get the joke, and I was so sad. <laughs> the first rule of Destiny Club is you don't speak about so Destiny. Talk. But with other so. people outside of the <laughs> Destiny Club. God. You get uh, alienated so quickly. People will not speak to you for a whole year if you mention something <laughs> that they don't understand like this. This is crazy. I'm okay talk. with that. I'm okay with that. But so there are those people out there. Speak from it. experience there, sir. I wear the face mask with the Destiny emblem on it, and if nobody engages me in Destiny talk, I don't talk about Destiny. Or anything else to anyone else ever because you're British. <laughs> I work in a lot of places during the winter that have snow. I'm eagerly awaiting my jacket to come in with the Deepstone Crypt and all that stuff and my gamer tag. And I'm going to wear it on purpose as often as I can, even if it makes me sweat, because I want somebody to ask me, what does that mean? Ooh, saying that, <laughs> sir, saying I'm that, glad you asked. What? You, you remember a couple of months back when they did the pin badges and I said I was going to buy one for the women's thing, the Women Day 2021 thing? Mm -hmm. I did. I've purchased it. I've got a couple of emblem codes, so I'm going to give one away as a prize for something, and I haven't decided oh, yet. Um, 
for a competition that we can do. Freebie. I forgot to mention it a couple of weeks ago, and then I was just looking back through my emails, and I was like, where is this pin that I ordered like a couple of months ago? And then I thought, ah, you know, COVID. So, and speaking of emblems, I did say a couple of weeks ago that I would let you know that the Contender's Signet emblem that you can get from just completing one strike in the playlist that that new kind of playlist that is available for guardian games if you go to the bungee.net and go to your rewards you can click on that and it will say that it's just in the game as is if you go to your flares and emblems tab it's under general and it should be on the last page of that so if you're looking for that sweet emblem hunter master rager oh. it's there you nice. said you like this one this is the one that you like the colorful one i got it good just saying I do. I do, I do, I do. I and do. I, to, to be honest, I really enjoyed the first week of Guardian Games in Crucible because people are actually picking up the bounties from Eva and actually playing as different subclasses. And it wasn't just a stasis-filled mess. There were people using all different subclasses. There were good trade-offs. There were good plays. And I think you could tell by the whole lobby was enjoying playing. Now it's for this week that I've I've been into Crucible a couple of times. It's just gone back to being stasis everywhere. Why um, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. as no, far as PvP goes, there's nothing better, you know. But it, it seemed to be more diverse that first week. It it was really enjoyable. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it this week, but it was more enjoyable the first week. I've, yeah. I've gone back to my Void subclass in PvP. Mm. I, I enjoyed stasis for a while, but it, I've kind of I don't know. I still feel like a drunk toddler and I kind of got over it. So I went back to putting detonators on people. It makes me and laugh. I, and I think you were out of the room a couple of weeks ago when, and Hunter Master Radio and I were talking spoilers. In one of the data leaks, they did mention that the oppressive darkness mod from a couple of seasons back, which was uh, void grenades do more damage. It should be coming back onto the artifact next season. So fingers crossed, you should then be able to use that on your void builds which would be quite cool just ahead of the lots curve. of detonators yeah lots of detonators everywhere yeah i'm i'm real tired of bows and scout rifles for champions this season so i'm now i say that we'll see what they give us next season but i'm just i'm happy for the changeover of you mm. know it'll be some some new thing i have to deal with and grow to hate by the end of the season so i don't understand why you hate bows man have you not played with the uh chiku's divination with the catalyst I have. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying I'm tired of them. I'm saying I'm tired of having to put a bow on if I'm going to certain activities or a bow and an arc subclass. Like, I'm just, I'm ready for the change. That's all. I'm not saying bows aren't good because they're very good. Tikus is great. I mean, we have a lot of good bow choices. I'm just ready for it to be something else. Hmm. What do you want it to be? For shield. Just say shields because that's the most important one to me. Um, what do you I, I, I don't really care. I've I've sort of lost. I was trying to think through the day of what have we had and what might they go back to, but uh, you know it, it is what it is. Have we had fusion rifles for all I know? Yeah, I know we've had it for unstoppable. I know we've had it for um for uh, the other non barrier overload. Overload. Thank you. I know we've had overload too. Have we had barrier hand cannon? I do not want a barrier hand cannon. I do I not want. To, I, I do not want to whack away the barrier with a hand cannon. I want. I want. I want barrier rocket launchers. <laughs> barrier <laughs> <grenade> launcher. 
Oh man, I I can get behind that. It's very a rock so You you guys had a, had a guest drop in last week, didn't you? When I wasn't here. Nope. We did. No, we didn't. At the end. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sweaty Spooks yeah. dropped in to say hi from the Guardian mm-hmm. Ghost podcast. He also dropped in a little while ago to say hi to all of us in the in the stream. So. Oh okay. Yep. Because he Guardian Ghosts us the first time around, so the new Ooh. Guardian Ghosted us, and then he came back. So now he's overcompensating. He was on the show last week. He jumped in the stream this week. He goes, "Hey, I just wanted to say hi. Oh, I'm here." <laughs> well, I wanted to. I wanted to point our listeners in the, their direction of their podcast. I think it was this previous week just gone where they had Hazelnut on from the Guardian Down podcast. Because mm. funny enough, they were uh, one of their um, listeners or one of their friends had kind of come up with the suggestion of changing barrier champions and overload champions and having different ways that you kind of could combat them, different mechanics to them. Uh, it sounded so amazing with different things that, that they were coming up. This guy came up with on what, you know, what specific champions could roll with these different things and how you could combat it as a fire team rather than just kind of using a mod and shooting them down and, and destroying them that way. So I, I point everybody in the direction of that podcast it's it's about halfway through. It's it's a very long podcast this week. I think it was about five hours long. So, but in the middle there is a really good discussion about the what could potentially be some really good ideas for how champions could change. And I really enjoyed that and enjoyed listening to their podcast this week. So I just wanted to give them a shout I out for that. You complain about how long our podcast is again, ever? Yeah, ever um, five hours. Sweaty, are you insane? The only yes. time we've ever done something that's five hours is when there were nine of us, all right? <laughs> and we we even split that between two weeks, all right? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and something I wanted to kind of just throw out there to discuss with you guys. I know you spoke about it last week with the upcoming uh, synth things that are going on with all the different synths that you have, kind of have to do to get to the different weaves, to get to your transmog, to, to get your different things. and having listened to what you guys were saying last week and listening to a couple of other podcasts and so on and so forth, I think the thing that Bungie has kind of missed out on at the moment is that where we're only being able to get these items from only two places at the moment, you can either work towards them in game while just working towards these items. And I'm not sure how long it's going to be to generate your synths, to get your weave, to get your jumper at the end of it kind of thing. If if it's going to be a long process, trying to do 20 items over that season per class is going to be a mammoth task, unless it's pretty easy that these things drop very quickly in-game by doing different things. We'll see how that kind of plays out. But with just having that in the game and then just being available at Eververse, I think that's where a lot of people are getting a bit upset with it. I think if Bungie had come out of the gate and said, right, you can earn these things in-game, you can purchase specific things from Spider through trading in. These things will also, you'll have a chance to get maybe one or two of these extra items on your season track pass and maybe one on the free pass. And other avenues in game, maybe doing a Grandmaster Nightfall gave you another chance, a possibility like a like the original Galahorn chance of getting one of these to drop in doing a Grandmaster or at the end of doing a trials passage. If there were more 
availability options to get these different things in the game through playing the game i think the community wouldn't have been as so outraged as they were i think where they're limiting people who want to who want to unlock like the thousands and thousands of whether they're going to kind of wear them all is another thing but people want to unlock or have the ability to unlock all these different armor pieces and they don't want to be constrained by only having 20 this season and then 10 the following season unless they want to purchase them and i think people have been doing the math you know it would take you like 15 years to actually in the current situation get by just through gameplay i think if there were more avenues of gameplay even if they were just rare chances of whoa, whoa, getting whoa. these that's, things that's to drop like gonna, that's if you're going to do every single armor piece in the game nobody's going to do that no but they're not saying that Respond. they're remember, saying that they may want to have the possibility to remember who I'm you're saying to. me I'm Ma- not Ma- saying Ma- master collector over here that no but there is a night demon like collector <laughs> Somewhere who's like, I have to have each and every one of them. Yeah, there, there are collective <laughs> collectives of us. Every two weeks is going to go straight to Destiny Silver. <laughs> we are the Borg. We want to unlock everything. Now, right. no, but what I'm saying is if there were more avenues and Bungie came out with the idea of you can, you know, trade in shards and spheres to get X amount of these in game, I think that would have negated some of the the fiery vengeance that people have kind of spat out there at, at Bungie oh, for implementing this. Right. I know I'm usually the one that gets angry at these kinds of things, but in this instance, Bungie, I think, did did it well. They did a good balance. They're going to give you more the first season than you're going to spend. And then every season after that, they're going to give you enough to master, not master work, but to transmog two armor sets. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know we're going to have to see how it plays out. You're going to but... have plenty, right? And And for the psychopaths like you that want everything, well, now Bungie can make a little bit of profit off of you to reinvest inside of their front. I'm, I'm, not saying that I'm, okay. a- I'm not saying that I'm angry about it. I'm just saying if Bungie had come out the gate and said there are more avenues hidden in the game for you to obtain some of these items and put it at Destiny 1 exotic getting level of this is a 0.0.0.0.1% chance of getting these items, but you do have a rare occurrence that you could imagine finishing a raid and being able to get one of these, you know, like in the Galhorn kind of era of, of getting this thing to drop and going, yes, you know, I don't have to purchase silver. I can actually go and get these things that I've already grinded out my 20 for this character, but now I've got this extra good free one that, you know, it, it's that kind of thrill of the old exotics that it, it was very rare to get it to drop. But when it dropped in the wild, it was like this amazing rare occurrence that you kind of praise the Lord that it happened to you. And I think if the things like that were in the game, because I think that's what's missing from Destiny 2, from Destiny 1, is those rare occurrences. And I think if they'd have implemented that, that would have kind of gone a long way to ease some of this out for the community. The main thing that I'm angry about is this whole shader thing that nobody seems to have picked up on. And everybody keeps going, oh, yeah, I see I see what they're going with this. At the moment in the game, if I want to purchase a shader from Eververse, it's faulty bright dust, right? If I want to apply that shader after I've purchased it to any armor piece in game, guess what I have to pay? Shards and glimmer. At no point do I have to pay extra bright dust. I can apply it to every single thing in my whole vault if I want to, apart from exotics. And I don't have to pay bright dust. So why is my price being hiked up to 300 after the fact? 
I purchased it once at the Eververse for 40 and I'm not having to pay additional bright dust afterwards. Next season, if I want to apply a shader to something, it still costs me glimmer. It's not going to be a free, you know, consumable to put on different things. I still have to pay glimmer to put this item on. The only thing they've taken away is the shards, which I don't know. It's not necessarily anything tied to bright dust. So why the bright dust hike? Can somebody from Bungie actually answer me this? Unless, you know, unless it's to come straight out and say, we want more, you know, you to pay more money for. Or, you know, you we can't see there's any other reason why you want to spend bright dust. But then there are still emotes, ships, sparrows, ghosts that I save up my bright dust for to purchase, especially like with the Guardian games, with these exclusive things that only come around once a year. And if you cancel it, like you did with the Crimson Days, it's not going to come back again. So yeah, there are potentially things that, you know, the fear of missing out that I can't get again. But why 40 to 300? I do not get it. I really do not. And their, their stupid logic of, oh, you know, it, it's a one-time consumable. It's a one-time consumable now. I purchase it. It's in my collections. I can use it forever. I don't get it. I mean, I thought I got it last week until you just explained it like that. And now I also don't get it. <laughs> it makes no sense. It doesn't. No, no. I mean, I think overall, I mean, if you're having to buy one shader for 40 every single time, how many shaders are you going to buy over the course of the season? How much bright dust are you going to spend on those shaders? Oof. Well, they've also given you an avenue to get a lot more bright dust too. So I guess it kind of balances out. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I assume it's no, something no, 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 economies, that's, but that's but, ridiculous. I, I pay you more money right, in your job, right, but the government right, are going to charge I'll you more I'll in your tax. Right. That makes no sense. Uh, 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 oh God. Your words. I can't. I'm so freaking tired right now. Um, the the rage, the the rant, night demon rant. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I am so, ranting. I'm unhappy so, about this. I bought I bought that new cool shader at Eververse this week. Forty bright dust, seven sisters, source Eververse glimmer. It's going to cost me five hundred to put it on something and two legendary shards. Nowhere. Does it say I have to play additional bright dusts after my purchase? And it has been that for the longest time. And I do not understand 300 bright dusts for a shader. You just want to suck all my bright dust that I'm saving up to buy exclusive stuff or things that I want to get at that time. Maybe. I'm very picky with what I get. I Maybe buy they're the shaders uh, because I like, to buy I like the fiction game. Best back in the company. But bright dust isn't something that you buy. Bright dust is something you earn. No, but bright dust is what you buy when you don't want to spend silver, right? Well, if you spend all your bright dust on things like shaders when they come out with a ghost or a sparrow or something like that, that normally you would use bright dust to buy, you don't have any. So now you got to buy silver. You use silver to purchase the item that you want. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the transmit effects are 450 bright dust. It's, the ghost projections, 1,500 bright dust. Yeah, I just then, thought one of those you know, a little steep for a projection. Exotic emotes, 3,250. I was quite happy with my 40 bright dust for getting shaders. Right. I, I honestly don't get it. There's a okay. lot of other stuff yeah, that like costs a lot more money. Uh, whatever. 20,000 bright dust. 
so are we going to have to rebuy every single shader we already possess? No. In this new system? This is moving forward only. Right. So when you're buying the 300, is this for new shaders you do not already have that you're spending Correct. the spray test on? Yeah, right. anything that they bring up in the Eververse store going forward next season is 300 Bright Dust right. from 40. Okay, so you already have however many piles of... I mean, I I, I get where you're coming from. but, I, but I, you're, I don't... you're about to make me even more angry, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I've got too many shaders already. Well, well no, uh, I was just going to say, I have right. like the three shaders I care about, and for the most part, I don't care about the new ones. I do. And if I already own them, then right. who cares? The only shader I really want is the oiled algae because it makes you so reflective nobody can see you. No, no, That's no. the only sir. shader I'm looking for? No. I can tell you, mm-hmm. and we're going to move into tips, tricks, guys, and bills now. Have you? I, don't, I haven't heard you guys speak about this or seen anybody else post this, but I was looking at Boneless Revenge were doing different shaders that paired really well with some of the armor ornaments that you can get from the Eververse store for the Guardian games this year. And these are the, like... Uh, I think it's the the contender sets. So you've got the contender Titan, Hunter, and Warlock. And he's done separate videos for what glows look really well on putting on these different armor sets. And there are several on whichever, like the class items, the butt capes, and the Hunter cloaks that really make them glow different colors. And right. he was experimenting with all these different ones. And he was showing, like, there is one that is a really bright green that glows just kind of brightens up the whole screen just takes over everything and um i then saw the video by jarv who posted this was only i think it was a couple of weeks back the brightest glow ever um i can't remember the name of the shader but... <laughs> i remember that one yeah the, the bright fluorescence but he sun- he, he was yeah he put the yeah. bright glow on his hunter cloak and right. he was on Europa on his sparrow. You could not see anything on the screen. It was it literally blinded everything. And people are wearing this in Crucible and just blinding people. So I will link the Boneless Revenge and the Jar video if you want to find out the name of the shaders because I think they're Gambit ones. I think it's like Gambit it, Emerald and things. Is Go it on. brighter than oiled algae? Oh yes, oiled. oiled oh. Oh, that's that's throwing the gauntlet down because the oiled algae is the brightest shader I have ever seen in this game. Yes, and yeah, I forgot to mention it a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show, just to say you've got to check this out. It's just ridiculous the the glows that you can, but it does require you to either use six thousand bright dust to purchase the Eververse armor from Eververse for the Guardian games. But it seems to be the Hunter one is the best one for the just putting that cloak on and just brightening the whole screen esoteric has done a tips and tricks you may not know for the nightfalls so these are any for the grandmasters in this last week if you are attempting to do that it's you know really cool things like you know if you move past this certain point uh these certain enemies will spawn so if you're i think there was like the one for sepkis prime uh is that the devil's layer one I think that is so yeah. when you kind of come out of the building and you're going across that open wasteland to the tank that's on the other side you the if you take out the servitor that's just in that area in the doorway and you don't progress past the, that uh, the next point all you've got to kind of deal with is the snipers before the brigs spawn in so you can kind of use your advantage of where your positioning is and um he's got like 
various little tips like that you know if you do this then you don't have to worry about that um and and if you kill certain enemies before you do something else in other nightfalls you don't get some of the champions to spawn but you still get the platinum reward at the end of it which is really quite handy to know so if you are interested in having a look at that that was quite cool uh, apathetic did a video on the next best shotguns you might need for next season so this is the retold tail oh, toil and trouble and the uh, cqc one from the seventh Sarah cqc so and he goes over the like the perks that you can roll on these weapons and why these might be well worth using in pvp next season and then i've got two videos on pulse rifles so if you are dipping your toe into trials and looking at possibly getting a messenger then patagates gaming has a good video on why you might even just want to get you know any role on this weapon it makes it a kind of a top tier weapon to use so just getting any role would kind of benefit you so he goes over some of the roles on that and maybe what to look out for in a god role but puts a good case at why it may just be worth having it in your arsenal going forward and so and then we have ascendant nomad has done a video on the gun that makes you a better destiny 2 player and this is the outbreak perfected or the outbreak prime that you can get from the kiosk in the tower because it was from a mission that has now been sunset so at the moment you can get it from the the tower kiosk but it doesn't come with a catalyst the catalyst just makes the the nanites work even better but He's saying in his video that it's a very consistent weapon for what it can do with the damage output and the stability that it can run. And it can make you a better player if you know how to use the weapon. And the gameplay in, in the back of the video was, you know, pretty cool with him just kind of knowing his positioning, taking the shots and destroying like two or three people in like succession, which was quite cool. So I think that's worth a watch. Then I have, then I was going to recommend looking at Destiny Fun Police's channel this week or over the last couple of weeks because he's just been playing with different weapons and different builds. Although, yes, mainly Titans, so I do apologize, Respawn, and any Warlocks out there. But he's been trying out different weapons in his videos for like the last couple of weeks, going over like he pulled out the Duke Mark 44 hand cannon and used that in PvP. Oof. He used the Crimson. He was using the um, Steady Hand, Bone Chiller Shotgun. So, you know, his videos this last week have been pretty cool with, you know, changing up what he's actually using. Yeah, so I thought kind of point people in the direction of having checking out his uh, channel. And then I think that might be it. Dun, dun, dun. I think. No, actually, no. The funniest video this week. Have you guys seen Fallout Plays? titan ball games no i haven't seen any youtube videos <gasps> no i have done fallout plays and his friends have come up with a new game it's called titan ball it requires minimum of about three players on each side and what you want to kind of do i think it was set the game to mayhem so that you can get uh, unlimited heavy ammo one person on each team has the reprise for guardian games exotic machine gun the air apparent you spin it up you are in a ball and it's like punching balls around a map to score goals in different points so if you want to try nice. that it looks really fun 
<sighs> I'm surprised you haven't seen that because normally you, you you go, yes, I've seen that. Uh, no, because I haven't watched any YouTube this week at all, dude. Like, you underestimate how busy. Okay, so when I told I you, don't I don't underestimate. No, I oh, never yeah. underestimate how busy you are, and I always I appreciate how much the. No, I'm, shh, shh. I appreciate oh, how much dude. both of you <laughs> give up your Saturday mornings to record this podcast every right. week religiously. So I just want to say that I do appreciate you guys being here every week with me. Well, it's because otherwise it would just be me. Podcast is my religion. Yep. Uh, and religion is good. Yeah. The um, Allah welcomes you. <laughs> Church of Saint Martin, uh, for being honest. Oh, one final thing before we do go. I just want to point out to people there's been a change on the Apple side, if you are an Apple podcast subscriber, that has messed up the links that anything that gets posted on Apple Podcasts. All the links are there on Podbean and any other podcatcher that I've kind of checked and parodies checked on various different things like what is it, the Outcast, Overcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, everything else will be everywhere else. Apple is apparently breaking all of their things with their latest updates to the podcast thing and their paid things and all the crap they've been doing. They've also disabled downloads on a bunch of shows unintentionally. For if you weren't listening to a show and anything but Apple Podcasts, you could search for the show, you could find the show, but there was a little checkbox in the Apple system where it did disable the RSS feed so you couldn't actually download or receive the show. So, yeah, it's been an exciting week. Our show doesn't seem to have been affected by that, but yeah, if you're looking for show notes, uh, you know, two times to the hunter.podbeat.com, that's where you'll find the actual show notes with the links you can click on or mm. anything else but Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. I suppose that's it then. I think Good that's time. it. Unless you guys want to talk about other stuff. I'll uh, talk about my wife not murdering me for recording a podcast all morning and then having to work tomorrow. Same. Ooh. So thank you for joining us. Your Titans are parody and night demon. Your hunter is no one responding in real life. But your I'm lore scribe preparing for the next season, combing through all the tomes is not ARF. You can email the show at two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. Find us on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at You Guess It Kids, Two Titans, and One Hunter. You can find all your favorite Guardians on Xbox Live, Respawn on PC, and Demon on Stadia. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere where fine podcasts are sold. Watch the show on YouTube. Watch Night Demon play things. You can join our Discord at discord.frozen.party. That's Frozen with a zero. Uh, there's no guarantee. We make no promises. You get what you get and you don't get upset. With that chance, say goodbye. Deuces. I do have to run, so I do not get murdered, and I uh, can join you guys next week. Cool. Sounds like a plan, dude. I'm also going to bounce because life has already been planning things for me to do since last week. So, Making your list, checking in twice. Come to find out, I'm only naughty, not nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're not nice.